0: fight we don't have to kill everybody in the wide world really just needs to chill no we don't have to bust. no 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 we don't have to fight hello everybody welcome back to another episode of just chill with oliver george this is episode 55 and my guest this week is actually an old friend i really had a blast catching up with him and hearing about the various really cool projects that he's involved with Before we get to the convo, though, I want to remind you, if you're watching on YouTube right now and you would prefer audio only, you can get that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and plenty of other places like that. If you are listening on one of those right now, though, and you didn't even know there was a visual side to this thing, then please come check it out on YouTube. While you are there, if you could subscribe, it really would mean the world to me. We are so close to hitting a 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, and I am just ecstatic about that. I have had a blast making this show, and I've met so many cool people that I would not have met otherwise. So if you have supported this project in any way, thank you so much. Finally, if you want to reach out to me, maybe you've got a cool guest idea or just some general feedback about the show, you can hit me up at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's guest. As I mentioned, an old friend of mine, we went to high school together, Mr. Tom Radford. Although, if you're from Ottawa, you might actually already know him because he is such a community-driven guy. I feel like he kind of knows everybody. And he has a particular fondness for the neighborhood of Vanier. And now, if you live in Ottawa, you know Vanier has a bit of a notorious uh, reputation for being sketchy, so to speak, uh, which is why I really liked this conversation because Tom really, really emphasized how you can't just put a label on a whole neighborhood and forget about all the amazing people that are still in that neighborhood. So there's a lot of discussion about how the various things that he does uh, to help bring that to the surface. You know, Tom is involved in so many cool artistic endeavors. Uh, House of Paint is one thing that he does, which is, you know, DJs and breakdancers and graffiti artists all just getting together and making art in a community-driven way. Um, he's involved in programs that help out food shelters, and he's just a great guy with a, a big heart, and he's, you know, just fun to talk to. We talked about his time working at Parliament. We talked about a bunch of shit, honestly. It was a, a really great conversation, so I hope you enjoy it as much as I did, and thank you for watching hey
1: there we go
0: how's it going man good
2: i'm i'm ready to just chill
0: <laughs> nice nice that's what i'm hoping like, for
2: gotta be like everyone makes that joke
0: i don't know that uh, many people actually have so you might be one of the first now that i think about it um, um yo how the hell are you man i mean it's uh it's always great to catch up with somebody i haven't seen in a while
2: absolutely it's funny it's like I find when I see people during pandemic, they're always like, Oh, what's new. And it's like, well, everyone's been tucked away for like 16 months. And then the older you get the like more gets crammed in there. But the answer is always like, Oh, not much. And it's like, well, I had another kid and like moved. My dad got cancer. It's like, well, oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's you know? not, not much. That's a, a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah man. Um, it's really cool. Uh, thank you. First of all, for, for doing this. I know it was a really last minute. Uh, we were recording an episode yesterday in studio and we, uh, we had some audio issues to say the least. And so we just decided to to redo it next weekend. And by that time we should actually have a bunch of new audio gear and sort of an upgrade going on. So worked out, uh, sort of a blessing in disguise, maybe.
2: Uh,
0: oh shit. Sorry. I didn't hear that. You cut out. I was going to
2: say you've gone, uh, is way, way fancier than when we tried it.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I was definitely going to bring that up as well because, uh, that was kind of the roots of any sort of podcasting I had ever done was with you and one of my other friends, Chris Lawton. And we did this podcast called stoner geek talk. (laughs) And I think we did like four episodes or three or four. Yeah.
2: uh, Unstructured. It was fun though. I always like to talk comic books with people.
0: Yeah. Same here. It was just kind of i I'm pretty sure we got stoned first most of the time (laughs) and uh, you know, just talked nerdy.
2: I ended up actually becoming friends with Alex Him and when I worked on a bunch of stuff after that too.
0: Oh, interesting. I'm not really friends with Alex. anymore.
2: <laughs>
0: life. That's the circle of life. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm looking at your wall, man. There's a lot to take in.
0: And it's ever changing. I try to, certain things have kind of stayed where they are, but um, sometimes I get something really cool and I got to rearrange. Yeah, yeah man. Um, so it's cool to see that, you know, I, we did that podcasting long ago and now, I feel like I've, I've come into it a little more fully now. And uh, I I do have you to thank for that though, because those early sessions were really uh, just getting a feel for what it's like. You know, I had listened to a tons of podcasts, but I had never actually just sat around and tried doing one. And I thought we even did okay. I don't know if people can find them out there, but
2: they're recorded and there's audio and there's people talking in that. It's a success.
0: Yes. It's a podcast, at least by definition. Um,
2: I went to broadcasting school like for radio way back in the day. And uh, they always used to talk about this idea of BQ, broadcast quality, which was funny because it was always like, is it BQ? Is like the technical production good? It's like the first question you ask, and then it's content. So it doesn't matter if it's like anything interesting you're talking about. If it doesn't sound, or if it's not technically well produced, then it doesn't matter if...
0: That's so weird. I mean, mean, it makes sense to a degree. Obviously, people would rather have superior audio quality or visual or whatever it is you're working yeah. with but like there's a lot of great music out there that's that's somebody on their acoustic recorded on a four track that well, could be that. legendary you know
2: it's like shitty content produced well or good content produced shitty
0: yeah i pick the latter if if i'm yeah, okay
2: so you would want like a really high quality hot dog yeah <laughs> was it like an overcooked steak <laughs>
0: yes that's a perfect analogy oh man um i I know we kind of got you in here last minute, but uh, I had been wanting to reach out to you because every time I, I check you out on Facebook or any of uh, social media, you're doing a gajillion things. You're very, very community driven. Um, you're very much a man of the people and you're just a nice guy. So, um, this is long overdue, but I, I want to know more about the projects you're working on. Cause I get like glimpses of them, but I want to immerse myself here.
2: Um, so I'm right now I work with the, with the BIA in Banyang, which is a lot of people don't know this. Every, uh, Designated Main Street uh, in Ottawa has a business association, business improvement association. So mm-hmm. those are like, it's an unsung, it's a not, they're all not-for-profit organizations that are funded by municipal tax and they do everything from connecting businesses with grants to graffiti murals and stuff like that. And then most years, pre-COVID, uh, I take on a lot of like independent art projects. So I, I do project management for... Uh, you know, like murals, a couple festivals. Um, essentially it's like whatever needs to get done. It's like, I like to get shit done
0: nice. like
2: working. So it's, uh,
0: well let's uh, let's just cause uh, you know, I've, I have listeners that aren't in Ottawa, which I'm sure there are some, um, I want to explain a bit. Vanier is an area in Ottawa, which has somewhat of a notorious relationship with, uh, most citizens kind of view it as, and I wouldn't quite say like a slum, but, it's one of the sketchier parts of town. That's a nice way of putting it. Or it has been in the past. It seems yeah. to be getting a little, you know, cleaned up now, thanks to people like you. But so I want to know like, where is your, I know you lived there or you do still live there.
2: I, I recently just moved. I had to move in with my partner and she has a child that's in a school zone. Mm. So we had to like, I had to move right across the river. So I'm te- I'm like, I can see Vanier and I can walk there but it's just outreach, but I, I grew up in the area until I was about nine. And then I moved back as an adult and spent 13 or 14 years living there, uh, plan on going back. What I, it's, it, I'm glad you brought it up. Cause it's, I like, I love talking about cities and stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I was just talking to someone about this the other day where it's like, Vanier is, and, and if you're in Ottawa, I think Vanier is like one of the only urban areas that's more of a borough than a neighborhood. Mm. And that, like, when you think about the Glebe, the Glebe is, is monoculture. It's like the same sort of houses and the same thing all over the place. Hindenburg is the same. Chinatown is the same. Whereas, like, Vandy is enormous. It's huge, man. There's like 20,000 people that live there. It's, I, I think the boundaries is Saint Laurent Boulevard from Donald all the way to Beachwood at uh, the St. Patrick Bridge. Yeah. So it's a huge area. There's like five or six different neighborhoods in that area. And it's like the only downtown spot of Ottawa that I can think of that has, you know, if you go near the Rideau river, it's like fancy million dollar houses. If you go up towards the cemetery, it's very suburban. You go to Montreal road, um, it can be a little low income or that's where that reputation comes from. Yeah. Arthur is its own thing. And I think it's cause it's like, well, you grew up in city. you remember when it was like Ottawa was like seven different cities. Yeah. There's like Gloucester, Canada, Orleans mm, was its yeah. own thing. And Vanier was its own. Nippian. Yeah. yeah. And what's funny is Vanier was its own city. It's like, it's a big, it's a big neighborhood, but it would be a tiny city. And they had a police force.
0: Which I think is hilarious. That's and like they had to like,
2: go <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there would've been like two cops.
0: Yeah, well, okay. I was, like, so I wanna know if you know about this, especially if you grew up there, cause I didn't know if you actually had grown up there as a kid. Um, was there a point in time where Vanier was prosperous and didn't have this reputation? And if so, what happened and what, you know, went downhill, so to speak?
1: I don't
2: know. I, it's like, it was always a French neighborhood when I was a kid growing up. I didn't, gr- I grew up in Manor Park, like right down the street on Hemlock. I, I
0: lived there as a, like a baby, I think, or my older brother yeah. when we were just. I early. lived
2: in a weird neighbor that no one knows about called Alvin Heights, which is like weird. Anyway, it was like right next door. And like my whole life, Vanier, it's, it's, It's funny that it's still got that reputation because in some ways that reputation is true, but it's like, if you live there, like I keep saying, it's way bigger and diverse. It's like the, the, the diversity I think is like, and maybe it's just me because I've been there. It seems to be increasing. So you get like, you know, I call them like tattoo families, tattoo dads and moms, young families. You get working professionals, you get people, you get the old French ladies who are like, you know, dad built that house in 1938 and they grew up in it and are still there. And it seems like the the diversity is increasing the older I get. And I think it's because it's like, it's, it was, it's like location close to downtown and the fact that that reputation kept rent low for a long time, but the quality of it is way bigger than that. Mm. So it seems like, and I don't know, I'm speaking off the record from my own job here, but it's like, In a lot of ways the 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 conversation about ottawa's urban development is like centered around there right it's like there's only these handfuls of pockets of area that still have property and the ability to build yeah like to to develop at a reasonable cost it's like nothing's going in in the glebe nothing's getting built up again downtown it's like where are you going to put a new tower
0: yeah well i i funny you say that i live in the west end now and um I would say, or I have said, that Bell's Corners is kind of the vanier of the West End. It is, eh? It, very much so. I mean, it's—I don't mean that to like disparing, disparagingly. Like, I just mean it's—it's um, it's got a similar vibe. I, you know, it's not horrible. I go there all the time, but it, it there's a lot. There's a trailer park right in the middle of it, so it is lower income for the most part. And um, unfortunately, like sometimes the situations. Can be full of great people. And then you just hear about the bad ones, you know, and, and there might be a few more of them because of some of the personal situations and and poverty situations and stuff like that and drug situations. And because um, Vanya used to live on the sort of the outskirts right on the other side of Saint Laurent, like where the um, the Porsche dealership was. Yeah 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 like that area and even uh, there
2: where I, where I that like that was the neighborhood that I grew up in was like attached to that little
0: section. Yeah Manor Park's just around the corner yeah. Yeah, yeah um well even when I lived there though this was in my early to mid 20s I guess um it was some of the sketchier as far as places I had lived in Ottawa like I I saw some stuff in that apartment building maybe that was just a, a bad building but um so I, some of it's true, but I, that's why I'm so interested in hearing about like the positivity that you're trying to inject into it and, and trying to get rid of that reputation and show that there's a lot of good yep. in there too, you know?
2: Well, this is, this is like, what's cool about it. It's like after doing the work that I'm doing, it's like Ottawa's Arpene's got, I believe the highest concentration of people who work in the arts sector. The oh, wow. Yeah. Um, it's got, it, this is the thing that I love the most about it actually, which is like super weird, not weird, but. Very unique um, is that there's a, a huge population of uh, people from the north, Inuit. So hmm. if you think about it, oh. if that's the population outside of the north and it's in Ottawa, that means that that culture and the when you walk down the street, you see a sign that has you know the the typography written. You're not you're not going to see that sign anywhere else in the world you could go to the most diverse place in New York city and everything. And you won't see that culture in that community exist. That's cool. But that, and there's the, the diversity is like, what makes it the best? That's my favorite thing about it. It's like, which means it's like access to great
1: food.
2: Um, yeah, the food is the best. That's probably like my favorite thing about it. Right <laughs> now. But it's, it's changing, it's changing. And it's like, it's interesting to watch, you know, there's always that dreaded gentrification word, right?
1: Mm -hmm. It's
2: like part of me fears that that's going to happen. There's like three 30 story towers that are being built right on the corner there. It's like what that strip is going to be like in 10, 15 years, it'd be very different than what we know it has now. And it's it's like when you live and you grow up in a city, you see those things, right? It's like, um, I always noticed the building at the end of Preston street. I always knew where I am in the city, the giant Claridge tower.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's huge.
2: like something like that goes up. You're like, Oh, okay. Like this is no longer the same.
0: Yeah. It really like, orients you. I
2: was going through that now. It's like, well, you lived here, you left and It feels different, right?
0: I mean, it feels different, but it feels like maybe that's what's supposed to be happening. I feel like cities that's natural for them to grow and expand and change. And yeah. uh, you know, it's sad to see certain things go, but uh, much like I just saw those pictures of you at the the bowling alley that was closing down and yeah, you I
2: got, to they go really there. Yeah. let me in there and I just kind of walked in and asked what was going on. And then uh, they were lucky enough to let me take a pin. That's awesome. Everybody wants that thing. I had no idea. I was like...
0: <laughs> well, people have a lot of positive memories there. That's what I'm saying. I even have a uh, bunch of memories from going there used to be a movie theater in Vanier. That yeah, I and
2: they played the like old movies that were...
0: From like, like a year and a, a half through. ago. Like, yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. I saw the movie Poison Ivy there.
0: They played Jurassic Park for like two years.
2: Yeah, I went. Uh, I went to a kid's birthday party when I was. I think it was in like whenever Poison Ivy. It must have been like grade five or grade six. Anyways, if you don't know that movie, it's, it's Pamela Anderson in like the leather cat suit with you know
0: boobs. Poison out. Ivy? No, not Poison Ivy. Uh, uh, barbed wire.
2: Barbed wire. Was yeah, yeah. I saw barbed wire. And I was in like grade, going into grade six, I think. I was young, and I remember going to a birthday party, and the parents were like, "We're gonna go see this movie with the kids." <laughs> and I just remember being like, "All right, like this is kind of cool, but
0: does know, maybe inappropriate? Appropriate? Like, yeah, I've never seen it, but it definitely looked like it was supposed to be kind of a racy, you it's know, like not
2: a for kids <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. It's based on a comic. I think
0: is it? I didn't know I, that.
2: I think it's in like the heavy metal vein. It's like not, oh, okay. not hero comics, but more of the like, uh,
0: the urban level anti-hero stuff. or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Be she wrote a motorcycle or something from what I remember. Yeah, I never saw the movie, but I know she had like a barbed wire tattoo around. Yeah. And...
2: and the bad guy was a big fat guy that they had to drive around in, uh, they have to move him around in construction equipment <laughs> that
1: guy and like, I, think like, that I, I don't want to see this like thing. smashing through a wall
2: it's like a big fat guy sitting in a bucket
1: what? In a yeah That's so weird oh man uh
2: but yeah there used to be a movie theater there there's it's like it's funny i found at the bia office i found a bunch of old like old 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 venue like memorabilia and maps and like old photos of forgotten businesses and like all sorts of like crazy memorabilia that we're still trying to figure out uh, what to package with. It's like, um, do you follow Lost Ottawa? Do you know Lost Ottawa? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's kind of Lost Ottawa stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm getting really uh, nerdy for that kind of stuff these days too. The older I get, the more I'm into just history in general, but especially history of stuff and places that I, you know, have been to and feel like a connection to, like Ottawa. Um, yeah. I also, yeah, I just noticed you're wearing the MacArthur bowling shirt. Oh
2: yeah, these are <laughs> over the plug. These are like, so this is a really cool program that the, the the BIA is offering right now. We're selling these T-shirts. We got a few different Vandy themed, uh, great T-shirts, good quality. And 100% of profits go towards food insecurity programs in the, in, in the neighborhood. That's which awesome. Is so uh, stuff we've done before is like we took the money that we made from one run of t-shirts, we went to businesses that were suffering because of the pandemic, bought a bunch of frozen meals, and then donated those out to the food bank. So oh. one shirt supports a business that faced a really hard year and gets you a cool t-shirt and helps tackle food insecurity.
0: Yeah, that's super cool and it looks like a retro style logo and everything that's nice yeah
2: man the this one was pretty easy they let us use it we have some other ones uh vanybia.com i believe cool the website it's up on social it's and,
0: uh, so like it's the other stuff-
1: and it's like
2: i was gonna, just gonna say it's like life it's learning how to run a t-shirt brand when it's like not in your wheelhouse is so yeah. funny to like just be like okay and then you know they sold really well like we sold out of the first run, had to do a second run. And then like all of a sudden, like this like fun little idea I pitch at a staff meeting turns into like, okay, like got to figure out how to run a Shopify store and package and mail. And it's, oh, damn. Uh, yeah, it's
0: Man, interesting. I wonder if yeah, you would get the same reaction doing like, you know, retro style shirts of just different neighborhoods in Ottawa. And that
2: was my thought. That was like the idea. I don't have time to do it, but I was like, I was trying to brainstorm if you had to put like a low, like something that's like. Ottawa but a cool graphic tee like what would you do and my idea was you know the car with all the crazy crap on it (laughs) yeah we're drawing of that I was like that would do really well
0: yeah for people who don't know if you've never been to Ottawa there is a car that drives around here it's got like just what is like toys and stuff and I have no idea hold all heads and stuff. And a <laughs> bunch of crazy shit glued all over his car. I've actually seen that in another city too, though. So maybe it's a thing online, maybe Every it's a- city
2: has, like a, a car that drives around with things glued to the side of it or like, <laughs> something. I was in, uh, I can not where it was. I think it was, I think it was in Ottawa. I found I was, a guy stopped at a, a light in front of me and half his car was pornography like glued onto the side of his car What? Like the door was like laminated and everything with,
0: like, like explicit or, or just suggestive,
2: like, you know, muscle hunks and, and babes and bikinis. Oh,
0: and but I, it wasn't like, you know, brand, I, brand I, I didn't
2: really look that much. I was more just trying to like, figure Process it out. That, Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that happens. It's funny how like decoration
0: people. Um, I was going to ask you, cause someone told me this once and I don't know if it's true, but you probably would. Um, Is it true? There's a motel in Vanier where Jimi Hendrix stayed when he played here?
2: No, he didn't stay. He did his after party there.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Party with Joni Mitchell. No way. I heard it as a rumor too. And then I ended up doing some research. Concord motel. Yeah. Yeah. That happened. I can't remember the year, but it is like, well, he
0: died in what? 1970. I think
2: something like that.
0: Um, Well, yeah, I think he died in 1970 in September, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it
2: would have been like 1969.
0: Yeah, wow. That's that's nuts. I didn't even know that like he had ever played here. Is that motel still there or no? No,
2: it's, getting, it's, it's the site of the big controversial uh, Salvation Army development.
0: Oh, I didn't they're know. Sold,
2: that. They, they're, they want to put a mega shelter in. I'm not sure what the status of that whole thing is happening, but the Concord Motel is going is to be gone soon, which is hilarious because it's like – if you ever go in there it, it's it's 1978 they still have a cigarette vending machine
1: <laughs> really so, yeah no
0: way
2: it's 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 uh it's one of those rare spots that hasn't changed you know
0: well wait so it was like operating up to pretty recently or no
2: until pandemic i believe oh shit So there was still stuff down there that's I'm kind gonna,
0: of a bummer then but like...
2: i've been in there to talk to them once or twice and it, it's like it's a time
0: machine that kind of sucks a- that they're gonna get rid of that Damn.
2: Yeah, it's funny. I like going in spots like that. I like it when you go into someone's house and you're like, "Oh my god, it's like this person stopped changing in 1980."
0: Yeah, yeah, they're just locked into a certain era. I saw a
2: really interesting art gallery ex- exhibit once in Vancouver that was like that, where it was, um, so it was a scaffolding, and each, each floor of the scaffolding was the same. Right, so it's like a couch in the far right corner, the TV on the other wall, a coffee table the form of communication, a clock on that wall, and a piece of art or whatever, right? So the layout was always the same, but each floor was 10 years apart. Oh, so it's started cool. in like 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and it was so strange because it was, uh, I remember being in the 90s and being like, okay, like this looks like when I was in like daycare, and I remember, you know, the pastel colors, and like, this must be like 1995. It's like a wired phone. And then I remember the eighties being like, okay, yeah, that was like when I was a little kid,
0: everything was brown and orange and yeah. and wood. And then first, the
2: nineteen sixties, be like, that's my grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like that. And it's, uh,
0: that's so cool.
2: Well, you got killed. You got kids, right? It's like, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I wonder when it's like, when people stop changing with the times, it's like, are you, are you going to be, are you going to have a cool haircut in you're going to be wearing the, the most fashion forward clothing in 10 years
0: you think? I know what you mean and I think that like depends on the person too because I think there are some people who kind of continuously change to a degree or sort of stay current maybe not when you get really old but um I don't know for me I I think I uh, the one spot where I sort of feel that way already is with music with the newer popular stuff that's on the radio I don't hate all of it but Um, there's some of it that I just, I'm like, it's okay, but I'm not feeling it as hard as everybody else. And I keep going back to the stuff that I love. I think that's probably what a lot of people end up doing with music.
2: I'm like that too. It's like, I, I, I hear someone talk about a new artist or something. And I'm like, I don't know. So it's funny it's it's like, I work, I work for a hip hop Ottawa's graffiti festival most years. House of paint, super cool. Awesome. Uh, graffiti B-boy music and DJ festival happens underneath the Dunbar bridge every year. And, That's so cool. Sweet. If you don't go, go. But uh, one year, I remember we were talking about programming, like trying to book artists. Like, okay, who do we book? And I'm like, oh, let's, you know, DLSL. You just throw names and who you want to listen to. And then I was like, wait a second. Like, that's a festival for like 35 to 50 year olds. Like, we're trying to maintain relevancy with young people. Like, I'm Mm. not, I, I work for the festival and I can figure out how to get the stage in and the posters out or whatever. But it's like, the cultural program, I, I got to hire a university kid. like, I don't know anymore. Yeah. But it's, do you think it's like that in comedy?
0: I don't know. I mean, comedy can see, be like, a lot more, uh, universal themes and stuff. I don't know that there probably are trends in comedy that come and go, but yeah. I don't know. I think like when, when you talk about comedy, there's already such a wide variety of things you're going to see on stage, the way people approach it. And yeah. I don't know.
2: It's like, well, it's like, you know, you think of like the greats, like George Carlin managed to maintain relevancy. Yeah, it's like the people who got really good.
0: Yeah, certain people just they'll always come out with a special, and it's always going to be good. You know, Chris Chris Rock or um, Robin Williams was like that when he was still around. You know, he would always put it. The
2: seventy-five-year-old carrot head show.
0: (laughs) Oh, you mean Carrot Top? Carrot Top, sorry. Carrot Head.
2: (laughs) Whatever. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, Jack. Now
0: he's like Yeah, yeah, I know. He looks like he's had a lot of work done too. Um, But Carrot Top, he's one of those guys that like. I think he got it a little bit hard because I, I mean, he's not the funniest guy ever, but I did like his zaniness that he would bring up like basically this tickle trunk full of, of one-liner puns basically that he had built together. But there was, I don't know, maybe it's because it reminds me of the kind of stupid shit I do on stage. I always bring crap with me and uh, you know, a guitar or uh, something I've printed out or I I have a lot of props in my comedy sometimes. So I, I get, that vibe. And I think it's pretty cool and, and underused a lot of the time. And people used to make fun of carrot top all the time, but he's been doing it steady for a long time. I think in Vegas and all that, I think he's always had a, a bit and an audience.
2: He's a successful name household name. Man. Like,
0: Yeah. But he does look kind of freaky now. Nowadays I would admit he looks like, yeah. I don't know <laughs> just a little.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I, it's like comedy's like one of those art forms where it's like you can maintain relative. I, I feel like I can always jump into it. Same thing with like movies, whereas music is the hard one. And I don't, I don't know why that is.
0: I don't know either. Yeah, because a lot of artists, um I think for some genres, it's because they'll come out with a really like the art form and the genre that they choose, like if it's punk or if it's even just rock, will have a lot of that young oomph to it, you know? And then just naturally, as those artists get into their twilight years they want to slow things down a bit and the tempos come lower and, and, you know, you notice that with tons of bands and maybe it's also just that they get bored of playing the same style and and it just happens to line up that, Oh yeah, we're now we're trying a folk album or whatever. But I do think it's something to do with the, the tranquility of your life slowing down a bit and your body isn't as quick as it used to be. I don't know. Slower music's probably more enjoyable to play at that point. I wonder if it's
2: like innovation too, right? Like innovation matters more with young people.
0: Maybe you know,
1: sort
2: of like someone a young person who's doing something different as opposed to like you know if Elton John released a rap album <laughs> he was like
1: you know yeah,
0: can we get that please that would be amazing.
2: someone else changing their whole style who's young and doing their thing yeah like, I don't
0: know I I'm, I'm just going to be picturing that, that older Elton John rap album that's all I'm going to be thinking about now yeah you he, know, did he, perform, could,
2: he did he did perform at the Grammys with M &
0: True, but that's not the same as him like, rapping. The
2: big thing about trying to prove Eminem wasn't homophobic or something. Was, uh, <laughs> I know, right? Statement on that, I don't know. It's lost. Well, who
0: knows if that was just a stunt or what? I don't know.
2: Yeah, that was. Uh, I'm not a huge Eminem fan, but what, the song of no? "The Crazy Person," the the like stalker Stan. You
0: did Stan. For yeah.
2: Grammys. I remember that
0: one. You're not. You're not a big Eminem guy.
2: I'm not a big Eminem guy. But I'm not a big uh, awards show guy.
0: Oh no. No, uh, me neither. Weird. I used it's to true. like him when I was younger, but yeah, it's also fake and bullshit. Yeah.
2: I I worked on Ottawa's awards show last year, which was kind of cool. That was a fun one. With like Ottawa's got a Hall of Fame now, which is uh, uh it was an interesting experience because it's like oh, so I was I was working with the Ottawa Music Industry Coalition, which is uh, organization funded uh, through membership and by the City of Ottawa to help dev- develop Ottawa into a music scene. So like a city where music is is a strong economic factor of growth and it's a vibrant culturally accessible space and when i got hired i was like okay like award ceremony easy right like people can vote you pick who and then it's it's not as simple as that because then you got to start thinking about like definitions and like hall of fame and who gets to pick and representation yeah. on a journey accessibility of information and it's like it was one of those things where it's um an idea that seems simple enough on paper but then when you start hashing it out you're like oh my god this can be a really complicated thing yeah so it's like you know
0: easier said than done yeah
2: do you give the award to a, a talented emerging artist would you invite paul anka or alanis Morissette?
0: Like, yeah know. the big names they'll bring out people yeah
2: yeah it's it's ottawa's got some names like that i was gonna it's like alanis Morissette and I don't
0: know. We have a lot of uh, people who have come out of here that I think people forget, especially if we're not just talking music. There's Alanis yeah. Morissette, obviously, Paul Anka, Dan Aykroyd, yeah. uh, Norm MacDonald, Mike MacDonald, um, Tom Green, obviously. like. I, mean, them.
2: I guess there's, I don't know. It's like pretty good for
0: a city like Ottawa. I think we've turned out some, some pretty uh, killer I really, stars.
2: I was, I was listening to uh, Dan Aykroyd on Mark Marin the other day. Oh, yeah? and I didn't know this. Apparently, his dad was the guy who was like the civil engineer designer for the the parkway system, and they got no park. Huh? Yeah, he I just did
0: not him. know that he either.
2: Used to like have to drive up and do the surveying for building.
0: That's super cool.
2: He always shows up and seems. It's like whenever I go on social media, every pre-pandemic, you'd be like every six months, it's like one of my friends would show a picture of Dan App right at a bar in the market or something.
0: Oh, really? He still yeah. comes back here. I didn't know that.
2: I watched Ghostbusters with the the kid. Uh, who lives in the house with us? And Dan Aykroyd was his favorite Ghostbuster, which I was surprised. I thought he was going to go for Bill Murray.
0: Yeah, Bill Murray's the the usual pick.
2: Yeah, no, he liked Ray.
0: Well, that's cool. Yeah, Ray's reliable. You yeah. know, Bill Ray Murray's kind of pick. like the rogue. Yeah. Yeah, and Egon's like the. I guess he's more reliable actually. Egon was kind of the Donatello of the group.
2: Yeah, he's the one you actually want.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, the smart. Yeah, he'll save the day. I I was talking to uh, Dan Christensen about that. The other we were talking about X Men, and I was talking about how much I hate Cyclops. (laughs) He's such a yes man. Like he's a company man. He's the one who would tell on management if you're late.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) A guy pretending to be my supervisor. You're not Professor X. You're not my
1: boss.
0: I think though that uh, a lot of people felt that way about Cyclops, and that's why in more recent years he they made him like a psychopath military guy instead. I don't know if you.
2: Yeah, more badass and kind of. Uh, yeah, well, he
0: killed Professor X. I, he, was, he had the Phoenix Force in him or something. But, you know, the, the whole vibe of Cyclops changed and he started beefing with Wolverine. And I don't follow comics super, super close these days. I don't have time anymore, unfortunately. But I try to, you know, peek in on Wikipedia and sort of catch up where I can.
2: Last I heard about Cyclops, the thing I was reading that made me laugh was uh, a smile was him... Jean Grey and Wolverine are in, a po- in an applied polyamorous relationship.
0: Yeah, that actually, I think, is the situation. Now, which...
2: that, was, like, that was made canon because Jean Grey's bedroom had a door to both sides, and she lives in the middle of, of Cyclops and Wolverine. And, um, you know, it made me because Marvel was always those comics that were, like, progressive enough and, like, had those values, and it wasn't done in a way that was, like
0: well the or X-Men, x-men specifically
2: of or punching up or punching down it was just that was what it was and i was kind of like okay good they they figured the shit out
0: yeah they just keep up with the times you know they were marvel i believe was the first one to have a openly gay superhero north star from uh, alpha flight yeah and
2: uh, uh, what's the other thing i was reading about x-men the other day that was making me laugh oh the current plotline's hilarious <laughs> they're they're going to a fashion gala
0: Hellfire, oh yeah. The hellfire, uh, something hellfire the right
2: gala. so it's like everyone in the Marvel universe has to show up in a tuxedo or something.
0: Yeah. I've seen a lot of those designs. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting concept. And they've also been sending, uh, I saw a couple people online, like real people who got invitations to the gala and uh, then they're like drawn into the comic or something like that. Like I'm Paul Shear sure. and, um, a couple other people.
2: I like, I, I like the the comics when they take on like real life sort of things. Yeah. Wearing normal clothes,
0: yeah, yeah, and that's, that's more down to earth.
2: Favorite, he has a job.
0: Who that's,
1: like,
2: the funniest thing? Superman has a has a day job. Like yeah. has to go to work and like you know, if there's a problem with his pay, would we'll talk to HR.
0: Well, and, and like, Peter Parker crazy. too.
2: Yeah, but Peter- like Peter makes sense to me. It's like find your spot you would still need a place to live and do whatever. Whereas, like, Superman can move the solar system. Yeah, he like, can just go sleep. Guy... He can sleep
0: on the moon if he feels like yeah, it. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> like, he, he, it's like, but he chooses to have a house. It's like, you know, someone calling him like, okay, yeah, you know. Well, and there's always stuff. the... Uh...
0: There's always the, um, you know, like when you're a superhero, you want to protect your family and shit because they're not super. So even Superman had like the Kents that he had to worry about if people knew he was Superman. So having a cover is kind of not the worst idea, I guess. Or does that endanger them more? Because now all your coworkers are potentially endangered. <laughs> oh,
2: that's it. You know, you come out of it. You're gonna, you can, you can make money. It doesn't
1: yeah.
2: have to be broke. You do an endorsement. I don't care. Whatever. Write an autobiography. Yeah. Like the kids up in a super secure location. Like you don't have to go and live in a shoebox. Yeah, it's true. Downtown metropolis.
0: Even like if he stopped a bunch of bank robbers a bunch of times and just one of those times Superman kept the money, but only to build like a sick place for him to operate out of where he can be off the grid. And then he doesn't have to deal with all this Clark Kent bullshit and trying to like pretend he's on our level when he could rip any of our heads off at any given time.
2: (laughs) I don't know. There's, it's also his costume too, which is hilarious. I'm like,
0: yeah, I have never been a Superman fan. I will say that out loud. It's, and I've talked about this, I think a couple of times, because my neighbor next door, uh, he's like a huge Superman fan, his favorite character. And when I first met him, it was over the fence. I think I was smoking a joint in my backyard and he kind of peeked his head over and we started talking comics and I just started talking about how much I didn't like Superman. And I had no idea that was his favorite character. And that was how we kicked things off. So Um, yeah I just think he's too corny I think Captain America does a better job of that same of capturing those virtues and all the things they're trying to do with Superman but bringing it at least to a little bit more of a grounded level because Cap is strong and fast but he's not he can't fly he can't throw a bus like you know it's I don't know maybe I just like that um, measured type of superhero storytelling a little more than I I don't even really like a lot of the Marvel like cosmic stuff and I, I like even the stronger avengers i've always liked the street stuff you know like moon knight or like um people like that you know really gritty stuff
2: it's it's i I can't remember i was talking to a kid i think it was a six-year-old or seven-year-old kid once and we ended up talking about superman and he he kind of he put it perfectly he's like uh cool power set silly costume (laughs) it's like all he said and i was like yeah not wrong
0: (laughs) i don't even like his power set it's too much he can do everything like giving him flight, super strength and invulnerability would have been enough. Did you really need to give him laser vision and freezing breath? Like, I don't know. It just seems like some
2: icon though. You know what I mean? It's like, so he was the first, therefore he's the like definition of the thing. Yeah. Like the purest form of, of, superhero i guess and that's probably why it's worth
0: so much yeah and when he first came out like that idea of a guy that could do absolutely everything was new and fresh and they played around with it and wrote a lot of good stories and then i think later on they're like oh let's tone this down and we can tell different stories if we create characters with more limitations and more vulnerabilities you know because marvel especially that was always kind of their niche they always made flawed characters you know the hulk is amazingly strong but he is also mindless and, and destructive. And, you know, Iron Man was an alcoholic and Spider-Man's poor and yeah. <laughs> you know, keeps fucking up his relationships while he's trying to save people's lives. That's the worst shit for Spider-Man. I always felt bad because he always ends up looking like an asshole and it's always because he was doing something amazing
2: and like, I think he never take the credit. But that's what makes it so good. Yeah. Gay Jonah Jameson shitting all over Spider-Man to Peter Parker. It's like uh, hilarious.
0: Yeah. Oh now. man. I, it's funny. Cause I, I wrote some notes down here, but like we only arranged this yesterday. So it was a bit of a rushed job and I did write just geek chat. So oh, yeah. we've covered that now, I guess.
2: I wanted to talk to you about that too. Is like one, um, you saw Spider-Verse, right? Into the yes. My,
0: my son is in love with that movie. Yeah.
2: Well, the thing I like the most about that was the fact that like, as I've gotten older, I stopped seeing myself in one of my favorite characters, Spider-Man. It's like, Spider-Man's always a, young guy and I was like cool like I'm like Spider-Man up until I was maybe 28 and then I'm like okay I'm no longer that character's no longer written for me yeah and I remember Spider-Verse came out I was going through a breakup uh trying to figure out where to live just tumultuous time and it was so good to see a character that I loved for so long be representative of the new where I felt I was at the time yeah and it was nice to be like oh okay cool like you can adapt and move Spider-Man forward and like unfortunately in that movie he's kind of a cynical valley
0: oh. and yeah sorry you cut out there for a second uh, or you're just saying he's, like say that, he's a little more powerful. yeah he's a little I'm bit of like the
2: spider-man in that movie
0: yeah he's the slouchy kind of out of shape sure. spider-man yeah that was really really a fantastic movie and they're making a second one i think it's coming out uh in a year or so from now
2: it was good too because um like I, I love hip hop culture and I'm, I like rap music and all that graffiti, obviously. Yeah. And there's such a correlation between comic book culture and graffiti culture. And I think it's cause like a lot of people who end up writing on walls, doodle in their notebooks at school. And what do you draw? You draw what you're reading, you draw Spider-Man you draw Wolverine or whatever. Yeah. A lot of, of graphic artists, I know that's kind of how they started. And I felt like Spider-Verse was like one of the first movies that like took on that bit of culture. It's like you listen to Wu-Tang, Ghostface Killers, alter ego Tony Starks. But there was yeah. no, um, you know, as popular. MF Doom. As I didn't really put that in there up until recently, I guess, with like maybe Black Panther a little bit. And then Spider-Verse oh, yeah. was like, it looked like, a, it looked like a piece of graffiti. Like graffiti features prominently in it.
0: Yeah. No, the art style was amazing. Excuse and you, you made me think of MF Doom, who just passed away not long ago. Yes. Um, he, he had all those Marvel influences for sure. Yeah.
2: And it's like the movies and, and pop culture hasn't really touched on that. in like the, the mainstream way yet, but it's yeah. starting to inspire us it was great for that.
0: Yeah. MF doom. I remember reading that he, uh, some people thought like he, he had faked his death or something like that.
2: It seems like it, I, you know, he had a reputation for throwing for sending out like fake MF dooms on stage and stuff.
0: Yeah. That's what I was reading about. Yeah. yeah. What a crazy guy, man.
2: Yeah. He was super interesting. I saw him. I tried to go see him once in Toronto and it was just awful it's like oh, yeah? there in the snow it was terrible it took for long and then he showed up most death canceled and then he showed up like late and sent a doom poster and the, he he was doing a good show but ever, the crowd had turned by that point
1: like oh, so it doesn't yeah. matter
2: how hard he dances the show's like four hours behind and like people are pissed and there's like dj equipment busted and he just like walked off stage brutal yeah
1: man that sucks
2: no yeah, so, uh it, it was, you know, I, I was annoyed at the time, but I'm glad I have the memory. Yeah. Like I, there's value sometimes of getting annoyed. I like yeah. people who like sort of piss me off sometimes. I like having a bad day, a little bit, just to <laughs> be like, okay, I got a chip on my shoulder. Like I'm still part of it. It's like, I'm not too soft and comfortable yet.
0: Yeah, definitely keeps you on your toes. Yeah. I want to know um, a little bit more because I remember you used to host a radio show, yeah. Full Time Groove. Yes. So, um, and I know you're like a big fan of funk music as am I. So I wanna know um, why you think, like what you think makes funk music so special and it's such a standout out of all the musical genres. Um, I
2: think it's cause it's like, I don't know why, but for me it feels like it's impossible to ignore. It's like something's really funky and that baseline hits and the (laughs) beat is good. It's like, I don't care how, it's like you could love country music, but if if, if 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 it's done well and people are dancing and it's like driving you, it's like everyone likes it.
1: I was gonna say if funk it's makes you want to
2: Universal a thing where it's like I don't care. You you could be into folk music, but like there's a funky band playing and they're, they're truly feel, yeah. funky. It's like you're <laughs> going to get funky too.
1: Yeah, but you so can.
2: It's like all right. It's like impossible not to to get down in a P funk show.
1: Yes, exactly. You
2: could be the most conservative, straight-laced person, but like go into a P Funk show back at like when they were still playing and say yes to everything. You're gonna leave dressed as a pharaoh, or running
1: around
2: a <laughs> paper with star glasses on, or something.
0: Like, yeah. Oh it's, man. It's. Like, it's
2: uh,
0: yeah, George Clinton's amazing.
2: Yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know. I I think it's uh, it's contagious. It's
0: like, yeah, I, James Brown is the same way. If you put some james brown on it just makes you want to dance makes you want to move it makes yeah. you feel alive
2: yeah and i yeah. i don't know why that is but it's uh they're onto something there it's like I, th- I think it's true though for like not only for funk music i think it's if anything's done well like truly excellent then you're gonna get it yeah it's like you, you i think most people will have you know i think of food like that where it's like i could be like oh okay i don't like onions but if I were to have the best cooked onions in the world, I would like onions. Yeah, you know what I mean. I
1: if a
0: pro is handling it, yeah.
2: Yeah, funk is the easier way of getting into that. It's like garlic; it tastes good on everything.
0: <laughs> my God, you're dropping the best analogies in this podcast, man.
2: Well, you know what I mean. Like,
0: yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> totally sums it up. Point. Yeah.
2: But it's I, I always think of my parents like that sometimes. <clears throat> oh, you're falling
0: um, out. You know,
2: I'm just an older suburban lady. <laughs> oh, am I?
0: Good yeah. Job. You've frozen out on me a couple times. I'm hoping it won't show up on the final uh, mix, but you know, it is what it is pandemic. And we're finally going to be done with that soon.
2: Um, I think of my mom is like testing things to be like, if, if it's, if it's actually well done, my mom will get it. And that was like how I knew house of paint was like the pure form of that culture. Cause it's like, my mom's not into hip hop. My mom's not into B boy culture. She doesn't care. Yeah. And she went to the festival and she was like, okay, this is awesome this is wicked. I'm like, yes, it is wicked. It's like, if you're <laughs> not into it, it's like, gets it. the pure form of expression you get. And it's hard to do that. I'm like,
0: How many years have you done that? Uh,
2: I've been with them five years. Uh, so I've done like volunteer coordinator and i worked with the communications for a little bit. And then uh, we didn't do the festival last year. And the year before that, I was, um, my job was kind of like, I'm kind of like Riker on Star Trek. I'm like the number two. So I do a mm-hmm. lot of the boots on production stuff. Cool. So I figure out how to get the, the the technical festival built so that the artist coordinators and, and that can work as work and focus on, on creating the best work that they can.
0: Does that happen in Vanier or no?
2: Uh, no, it happens at Carlton U at uh, do you know Carlton U where the graffiti the legal graffiti wall is? Oh the,
0: actually I think I know yeah yeah.
2: It's cool. It's um it's cool because it's it's like this is you know, it's tying back into like Ottawa stuff, but it's um you know i always think it's like you go to new york city or you go to montreal and like graffiti's it's everywhere right yeah. it's like high quality top artists working and it's beautiful and there's so much of it and so such good ottawa doesn't have that right we have very strict graffiti bylaws it's like you know we're starting to get a mural scene in ottawa but it's it's still growing and it's yeah still downtown
0: building. there's some near bank street and, yeah, stuff like
2: and it's, 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 it's getting a lot better there's i'm not Uh, disparaging the scene nor the artist but what i'm saying is um the murals and the artists that we have working here just because the quantity isn't as much doesn't mean the quality isn't as good yeah it's like some of those murals you look at in in ottawa are just as sick as anything you'd see in Montreal, anything you'd see in toronto but it's just like one percent of what they have
0: yeah we don't have the same volume yeah
2: yeah it's just like the the sheer size of it is just increasing but we're getting there and like the artists we have are our top talents. man.
0: Like It's cool. Fans. The idea of the legal graffiti wall, like that's not something they would have had like 40 years ago or something, but I no. think that's so smart. I mean, first of all, if you don't want your shit getting tagged, like giving a place and just saying here, have fun. Not everyone's going to do it. Cause there's always going to be some graffiti artists that want the thrill of, you know, trying to climb some crazy scaffolding yeah. and get in the, in the tough spot or whatever, but um, there's still going to be people bombing trains and like, you can't stop that. But, I think you'll bring down the percentage of random, you know, yeah. people who are trying it out, go to that wall. Uh, Cause if you're really good, do it everywhere. I agree. I think it looks cool, especially in a downtown kind of core, but there's a lot of people who aren't good and they do shitty tags. And then that stuff is, should be on the free wall. You know,
2: what I like about the free wall too is like for general graffiti is that it's um, it's a self like regulating community. It's like if you go on the, on the legal wall and you, you do a shitty tag, it's not going to last. Like someone's going to come and paint over your. True. Yeah, yeah. And it's that's, like, that's a good point. It's it's like sports league I have referees and like you have bylaw and all these rules, but it's like, you don't actually really necessarily need that. It's like, everyone just has to be on the same page. And yeah. it's funny. because It's like, you can say visual art or whatever is subjective, but it's like, no, it can also be objective if it doesn't look good or if it <laughs> does look good, or if the person's been painting there a long time, I was reading about, um, how banksy ended up getting into like a feud with a with a tagger in in london i believe it was it was i don't know if it was in london it was in the uk it was on a, his blog for a while it was years ago and banksy put up a piece over a guy's tag and then the guy tagged over a banksy piece and was oh, like shit. i don't care you're the biggest artist in the world like i've been writing under this bridge since 1987 oh like my this is <laughs> you know and i was like i like that and uh I like, I like the ability to self-regulate the other thing that seems funny about certain legal graffiti wall spaces is like, it's almost, um, it's almost hypocritical to the the culture of the idea to be like, we're going to let you have no rules because your system has no rules to begin with. So it's like a bylaws that says there are no bylaws. Yeah. Like the rule is there is no rule, and it's like, well, wait, what? It's like, <laughs> it's like why would you have a skate park that's not a legal graffiti spot?
1: Yeah, like, that's, that's
2: park, just dumb. Yeah, eggs and whatever, and it should. Yeah, it's like going to a punk bar and be like, oh, no one's gonna put stickers all over the 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 toilet stalls. It's like, wow, well, just like be real here yeah and it's like i was a funny thing like that because it's like
0: well i think that's some of the issues with graffiti obviously is coming from property ownership and like so it could be objectively beautiful whatever you're putting up but someone might just say yeah but i'm running like a dentist office and i don't want a giant psychedelic frog on the side of (laughs) you know what i mean like there i kind of get the other side of it in some situations
2: there's all sorts of like ways of arguing or looking at this. I was uh, talking to a friend who lives in um, St. Henri, who lived in St. Henri in Montreal, and she was telling me about how St. Henri's got a very vibrant street art scene. A lot of people write, a lot of, it's a lot more lax than Ottawa. Yeah. So you get a lot more changing murals, people write, paint and stuff everywhere. And a business hired um, an a international level artist to paint over a local spot. And then it turned into this huge debate of like, well, the business owner owns that space and they can hire whoever they want to paint the wall. But at the same time, it's like, well, the painters and the people who live in that neighborhood are what make that neighborhood what it is. So should yeah. a person not have access to that space? Yeah, or should to the restaurant have looked for a local artist? Or like, it gets into, um, I think the, the conversation about access to like public space and, and, you know, who makes a city is like a really tough one.
1: Yeah, the point. I,
2: I you ever hear of um sorry I'm trying a lot, but is, you ever hear of Jane Jacobs? No. She uh was one of the first people to ever organize like municipal level grassroots political movements against major developments in New York City, against hmm. um Manhattan Expressway. They wanted to put a highway through the middle of Soho. And her argument was saying like you can't even if you own the land and you're the city and the port authority, you can't play SimCity. Like you can't look at a map and be like, we're going to bulldoze this section and put the thing here and that. And people will like cities are made by the people who use it. It's like yeah. graffiti exists because of the people who do graffiti, it's like you're the, the city is the, the community, not the physical space. So it's like, who owns that? I don't know.
0: No, that's a really good point. the community is what it's all about. And yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. That's, really cool way of looking at it though. And hopefully we'll start to see it that way here. And maybe we'll get to see more artwork popping up.
2: Jane Jacobs. She's super interesting. She ended up doing that in New York and then did it again in Toronto.
0: Oh, wow. She's
2: kind of like the, the, the founding figure of grassroots political.
0: Was this a long time ago or. Uh,
2: I believe it was like in the 1960s.
0: Oh, okay. So fairly am
2: sure. Yeah. It was right at the end of like Robert Moses's thing in New York where he was a major city developer guy but it's uh it's interesting right it's like what makes a city a city It's like why is uh why can't ottawa have an nba team what makes a city be able to host the olympics like why yeah. is brooklyn not edmonton it's like the people who live there change the physical space of it
0: yeah That's so true. If you took a bunch of like Canadians and shoved us in, into, uh, you know, Louisiana or something, it would be a very different city than what it currently is. You know, exactly. not saying worse or better, but just very different. Yeah.
2: Well, that's it. And it's like, you know, the Olympics are coming up and that's always like a major contentious issue because it's like, you know, how much money do cities spend on like bulldozing neighborhoods and building all this infrastructure when it's for an international face forward event? It's like, why not do that all the time? I don't
1: know. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true.
2: (laughs) They, they seem to be getting like. I wonder if the Olympics are going to survive. I like the idea of like international sport, and like, I think it's cool to be like, okay, everybody gets their best guy and like, yeah. you send them out to see who's top. And like, I like that, but at the same time, it's like, it
0: doesn't. It, sound, it, so it also reinforces sport. that, like, the, it's kind of a double edged sword because, yeah, like, different cultures should be celebrated and different countries and all that. But by having those different countries, we're also just alienating the human bond that we all share by being like, Oh no, but you're from Germany and you're from here. And, you know, I I see the good and the bad to that. Like in some ways, I wish we were all just one people, you know, it sounds very hippy dippy, but, um, you know,
2: I, uh, I I still watch them. I still find it interesting.
0: Yeah, it is. It is Uh, cool. Yeah. To see like, I
2: think we're probably the the Calgary Olympics because of the, you ever hear of the Eddie, the Eagle rule,
0: I, I know there was a movie about that guy, right? He's this yeah, he's hilarious. So it was yeah. like
2: for the Calgary Olympics, um, all you had to do was like go to enough international events representing your country, no matter how good you are. So if you went to a kind up of for England that doesn't have ski jumpers, you could go and ski jump at the World Cup and then get enough points to eventually qualify for the Olympics. So, so that's how like the Jamaican bobsled team got in. And that's how Eddie the Eagle got in. But like Eddie, the Eagle was like some British guy with no like real substantial talent. experience launched himself off a ski jump, but was like, I'm going to do this and then made it. And then eventually like afterwards, the officials are like, okay, like, no, you need, you need to be an li- actual athlete in that field and not just be like, okay, well, Oliver found out Tunisia doesn't have a bobsled or a,
0: yeah. Yeah. You know, Exploiting you know. the system. Yeah. yeah. That's I'm interesting, like,
2: though. <laughs> was great because the bad guy. I I'll always. I still laugh that the like the bad team. I think were German or Russian, whatever it is like. And From like
0: European so, team, yeah.
2: They were smokers, and I was just like, think it's funny that like the bad guy Olympic Olympian is like smoking. Cigarettes. <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs>
0: Not really that. healthy. Yeah. I wonder how like physically uh, difficult bobsledding would be. I've never I obviously know. tried that, but
2: you can do it in like Placid, apparently. Oh yeah back up you can go down and like pay to go try bobsled
0: it seems like it'd be intense or luge or any of that shit wasn't well, yeah. there that guy who died right in the vancouver olympics the winter olympics um that seems
2: like a horrible way to go
0: 10 years ago or something like that i want to yeah. say there was a guy who died doing a luge and sports just,
2: can kill you they're few and far between but
0: oh man yeah it'd be terrible well and that was on television when it happened like it was being televised live so like people saw the impact or it was horrible i remember seeing it being just oh my god yeah Uh, you never know what's gonna happen sometimes you know
2: i guess that seems like one of the dangerous ones
0: yeah you're going like super high velocity in a little tube (laughs)
2: that's why the winter olympics have like more fun sports it's like fine shot puts like a big guy throwing a rock yeah you jump you're flying through the air and whatever yeah. I don't know how you get good at that stuff, to be honest.
0: Yeah, like, how do you like, start? That's so true.
2: That's it, right? It's like, what's your first like, a sport like luge, right? Yeah. You're by yourself.
0: I guess you like sledding maybe a lot, and then you kind of You work your there. way up. <laughs> like, yeah.
2: I'm like, okay, man, like, this is the break. Here's your helmet. And you go down, and we'll see you on the other side.
0: Yeah, it's true. You never think about someone being like, aspiring to do that.
2: <laughs> no. The guy, one of the, there was a I think one of the winners at the Vancouver Olympics was like a guy from, I believe Red Deer, who was like a used car salesman who just started going up on weekends and like weird. came to try it and ended up getting good.
1: That's amazing.
2: <laughs> one of those things, like Every time I try something new, I'm like, maybe I'll be, you know, a natural at it. And then also as I've gotten older, it's uh, you, you stop thinking you'll be a prodigy. Cause like a prodigy is a young person. Yeah. It's just like, all right, it's, odds are I'm not gonna be any good at golf. Like I'm cool with that now.
0: I haven't tried golf to be honest.
2: I only went once. It was fun.
0: I've so done like I, many. I, I
2: got into carpentry. I made two pieces of furniture this year. for
0: the first Yeah, time I, I saw there. that actually. That was pretty cool.
2: And like, I'm not saying I'm a, not even near a prodigy, but it was one of those things where it's like something I never tried. And I tried my hand. And I was like, oh, okay, I can.
0: So you're a natural. Not
2: say. a natural, not even close. I'm, I'm sure a person who knows what they were doing would look at this and be like, all right, well, here's a laundry list of problems. Yeah. But at least I had the like ability in my head to be like, okay, I can, I can do this. Like I'm not gonna crash the airplane. I get how that works.
0: But I think that's what a natural is. At least in my mind, you don't have to be the best at it, but it means just that what might be very difficult for someone else or much more difficult kind of comes effortlessly for you. It doesn't mean you can't get better still and you can't, you know, train those skills.
2: Why I love, like, it's so interesting to me for like people who's like, speak the language of that thing. like really good at building computers or like soldering or painting it's like
0: oh dude i saw a guy this is not your typical hobby but the video blew my mind it was a guy who he had basically like the kind of shit that scorpion from mortal Kombat has like it was on a chain and he like he was like throwing balls and stuff in the air and it's not enough that he hits the thing like every time just launches this chain and cuts the thing in half or whatever but it's also awesome because he's doing all these like spins and shooting them under his legs sometimes and it was like mind-blowing how accurate this guy was yeah how do you how does he get into that how did he get into
2: and it's like it's like you can be a natural but then there's the opposite end of it too where it's like you're just naturally not meant to do that yeah i would love to tap dance but it's it's not going to happen
0: like, oh, yeah, I know what you mean most sports. I'm like that.
2: <laughs> what was your natural thing? Like, what was like, what's the one thing where you're like, okay, I kind of get this? Were you a chef?
0: Or- um, music, like guitar and all that came pretty. I, I mean, I'm by no means the most amazing guitarist or anything, but rhythm and, and like singing and that stuff was stuff that, um, I would have thought as a kid that I, I had no talent for. And then, um, when I finally tried it, it came fairly easily. And archery, I've always been really good at for some reason. I don't know why. Okay, yeah. I've always, uh, every time I've done anything with the bow and arrow, it's always been way better than it should be for someone who's never had, you know, practice or whatever.
2: YouTube's helped with that. I think too.
0: True, a little
1: yeah.
2: like YouTube is really, um, helped like with access of information. So mm-hmm. like, fine, I didn't know how to make a table or build a piece of furniture, but uh, I know how to search for that now.
0: Yeah. Well, even with, uh, I, I ended up taking like five archery classes. I, someone gifted it to me. And mm-hmm. when I finally got my own bow and arrow, I went on YouTube to sort of remind myself how to string it up. Every time I would go and shoot in the woods, I would have to re- remember like, oh yeah, how do you do the string on here again? Uh,
2: I think, I think the, the access to information is good for that. For like, you know, just like raw skills kind yeah. of, I think the do your own research on the opposite end of it for like, certain things can be very problematic <laughs> definitely it's Funny because it's like in one sentence i'm like oh yeah youtube's awesome for like i want to learn how to program a raspberry pi computer and it's like cool i can do that over. I, you know spend the weekend i'll figure it out order the parts Yeah. but then like taking that to the opposite end it'll be like someone's like oh yeah i was watching about how there's like a secret cabal of all this stuff i'll be like uh yeah. democratization of information's failed you because that's crazy
0: it's like yeah uh I learned how to fix my bike. Now I'm going to go take it for a ride on flat earth. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. That's hilarious. Like,
2: so I don't know what the balance is really. Cause it's like, I love the ability to be like, okay, I got to fix the plumbing in my house. I can figure that out. Yeah. I also don't want like, you know,
0: Well, it's the, the internet has always been this like yin and yang with the main thing, the main argument, obviously being that it connects everybody while also seemingly dividing us in, in more social ways, but we're technically more connected because I can, you know, talk to someone in Australia on a Facebook chat, you know, comment or whatever, but it's also dividing people because it's forcing us to communicate in such a. I don't want to say in human ways, but definitely, you know, you never can portray tone and context when you're just writing messages, especially to a stranger on the internet, you know?
2: Yeah. I, I feel yeah. I still, I still generally think, um, the internet's pretty cool.
0: Yeah.
1: We'll I would say.
2: That's how I know I'm like, you know, we keep talking, I keep talking about how we know that's how I know I was like a little bit before internet. I still get excited that I have every movie ever on Netflix or whatever. Yeah. Like
0: oh I'm, yeah, I'm not uh, dude. I'm not can you imagine that
2: piece of technology in my pocket? I'm like, this thing's wicked, and it will always be <laughs> wicked. It will consistently it... blow my mind.
0: <laughs> can you imagine uh, if the pandemic had happened, like when we were in like junior high or something? It would have been so much more intense. Like it was already lonely, but at least we had video chat with it your worked. parents and
1: yeah.
2: It, well, also think about like shopping online, like click and collect.
0: Yes. Oh my god, Amazon. Yeah. He's
2: so useful like so useful Did yeah that out with the yellow pages or something like that yeah. sucks
0: pay hey, phones yeah jesus
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um
0: it's a different world man
2: it is uh, the the, the I, I kind of miss um the ability more to commit to stuff from, Yeah. Technology, whereas, like, if I'm going to watch a movie, I was going to watch the whole thing and, like, yeah. give it a shot because, like, I borrowed it from someone or I went to the store and, yeah,
0: you rented it from Blockbuster, yeah,
2: yeah. And, like, now it's like, if something doesn't speak to me or instantly gratify me in two seconds, I'm not going to listen to that song. I was like, hit next on the playlist,
1: yeah. Whereas, yeah.
2: like, you spend time on dial up trying to download an MP3 in, you know, 1999, like, you're going to listen to that song, even if you're going to listen to the whole CD.
0: Well, and that's fueling, I think, people uh, fighting online and stuff is that we've created kind of like an impatient society just through giving everybody what they want, always at the click of a fingertip. Like, obviously, that's going to create a certain type of person or society. And I think we're getting there. And that's why people not only have less patience in general, but also have less, less patience when dealing with conflicts and, and uh, you know, someone getting all up in their face or a disagreement or whatever. Uh, you know, we've lost that a little bit. And
2: I wonder where it's going to go to because it seems change happened really, really, really fast. And then like kind of leveled out for the past, like eight to 10 years.
0: What with just technology and stuff you mean?
2: Like you got your first cell phone, let's say in like 2005, and then five years later, you're going from your flip phone. Like was,
0: a smartphone. Yeah. Your
2: smartphone. And then now our smartphone's fine. They may have gotten better, but it's still the same thing, like 10 years later. There's
0: like virtual reality would have been one of the things in the last decade that I'd say finally, it finally got to where people have wanted it to be for like decades in yeah, sci-fi movies. It, we almost have that, you know, it's not quite the holodeck from Star Trek yeah. yet, but you know, it's getting pretty That's bad. a
2: really problematic technology. I was thinking, I I'm a huge. we talked about star Trek before versus star Wars. I know you yeah. think it's boring. I love it.
0: No, I don't hate star Trek. No, no.
2: I would never go on the holodeck. I was thinking about it because they can inset you so easily. The second you go on that thing and the door closes and then it opens, you're never going to be able to verify you're not in the holodeck anymore.
0: That's crazy. I never thought I mean, about that.
2: Like it's like plugging yourself into the simulation. Like, would you go into the matrix?
0: I thought you were gonna say you wouldn't go in the holodeck because probably a lot of people jerked off and had sex and stuff. Oh, no, i mean well,
2: that, That's cool, man. That's
0: that, that <laughs> like that a blacklight in the.
2: That's I, I'll go to that. <laughs> I don't want to get my fundamental philosophical uh, experience definition of being a human rocked. Yeah, that would be problematic. I would, I, you know, you go into the matrix like, are, are you out? Are you unplugged?
0: Yeah, you never really know what's reality anymore. No, either.
2: it would be very problematic not the coolest
0: i was just wondering who cleans the holodeck though
2: i think it self-cleans It's like makes its own hologram
0: it'd be like, hilarious if there was just like a, a star trek just janitor yeah that's, <laughs> that's his rank
1: <laughs> okay.
0: yeah
2: uh, i was watching star trek they have a barber on the enterprise which i always thought was funny
0: really yeah that's that.
2: Exactly <laughs> the barber shop was like job it's to it's the flagship you need to have your guys looking the best i guess like
0: well, it's like, you know, cooks in the military and stuff. There are some roles that are still necessary to take care of the troops or the, or the team or whatever.
2: Yeah. But I would feel particularly useless if I was like a chef <laughs> on the enterprise where there's a hot, like 90% of people just use the little replicator.
0: Yeah. That's so true. All
2: a deck program that can cut my hair. Like I've got the best barber in the world. That's a computer. So <laughs> what am I
0: doing? yeah. Or just I like in an emergency situation. It's like, oh, red alert, red alert. Oh, does anyone need me to cut their hair? <laughs> like, exactly.
2: Yeah. We're okay. It, it, it ima- I imagine, though, it's like, you know, when you see people today who are like really good at old timey things, to be like, oh, I make artisanal, you know, candles. Mm. All right. Well, I can get candles anywhere. It's like, I have a friend who bought, uh spent $200 on an artisanal broom that was like made by like a third generation broom weaving family. Weird. It's like, beautiful thing. Super nice.
0: Is it like at one just for show or does she use it?
2: Uh, I use it. We were roommates. I used it for like three months and started feeling bad because it started showing like rare and tear.
1: Yeah,
2: probably, yeah, it's She's a like, that
0: was a display broom.
2: Yeah, it's not the good one, though, like using brooms downstairs. <laughs> it was cool. It was a nice thing. And I'm like, I'm glad there's a family business out there that makes brooms. I'm sure there's like old-timey everything that's still kind of a
0: shoemakers and yeah exactly. well especially like, when you go to smaller towns i'm sure there's a lot more of that too
2: like i don't even know how you learn how to fix watches Like
0: yeah that always looked pretty complicated yeah now nowadays not even that many people have watches i don't know i, I haven't worn a watch since i was like in my teens
2: I've, I've never worn watches i always hated the way it feels on my wrist
0: I just don't. Well, this is probably why I'm always late, but I don't particularly like I have anxiety, so I don't like being like I'll, I'm the kind of person who will always keep checking. And I'd yeah. rather be five minutes late than be stressed out for half the day because I'm just like, you know,
2: there's a certain uh, grim reminder of having a clock on you all the
0: time. Yeah, I just don't like dig that.
2: The of like sand tipping down. My dad gave me a uh, for my birthday one year. My dad gave me one of those like an a, a hourglass. And I always thought that was like a f- hilarious, like for my kitchen, like a nice five minutes so I can time my food or something. Yeah.
1: Like, it's
2: like there's a metaphor in here somewhere, like looking at this and be like, Oh, I'm another year older. I'm watching the sand go down. It's like yeah. I that all the time on you. You're like, Oh, I've wasted 15 minutes. I'm not getting those back. I'd rather just not know how long it's been.
0: You have an hourglass, man. That's such a old school item. Like, I, there was a, was there a point in time where, I guess, people, that was what they used? Just sundials and yeah. hourglasses?
2: T- it seems like a really useful, uh, simple enough clock. Yeah. It's like, I don't know anything about it, but I'm curious about the history of clocks now. You got me wondering. Like, yeah. I you know they used, like, sundials, obviously. Those were, like...
0: You still see hourglasses time. in board games once in a while. A little do like, yeah. You know, I mean, usually actually- family games and stuff. Yeah. You have, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of a game with one, but... Oh yeah, boggle. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, you hate board games, though, don't you? I
2: don't like. I, I like <laughs> the ones I already know how to play.
0: That's what everybody says until they learn a new game, and then they're like, "Oh, I really like this."
2: Yes, I just I just find it like for me, I I feel like I'm part. There's rules all the time. I got to go to work and check my email and make sure I pay my bills and like yeah. people harping at me constantly. Not to say my I'm just saying that that's life, right? And it's like, I don't want to relax on a Saturday and be like, OK, well, the rules say that uh, this is yeah. what you're I just want to I just want to chill.
0: I, I get that. And I think that's uh, depending very much on you know what games you're playing, because yeah. I think I'm sort of in the same boat compared to a lot of friends I know that play like really, really heavy three hour board games and stuff like I'm not into that. I don't want to look at the table and see like 400 different tokens and yes. like. So we, we generally play a lot of games that are not quite as like, they're not, I wouldn't call them party games. We do have a couple of those, but just lighter, fair skirmish games, like stuff that takes half an hour to an hour. You can teach in like five, 10 minutes, probably yes. play when you're a little bit drunk. Like
2: exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm
2: all cool about that. It's oh, a, you should,
0: you should play board games in my place sometime then. Cause I think I, I have a couple of games that I could uh, win you over with.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm down to give it a shot. Uh, I'm double vaccinated things look like they're getting better um
0: you are double vaxed, eh? I'm
2: trying not to be as uh like sour as a person for stuff like that where it's like i don't like doing something fun it's like give it a try
0: just be open to new experiences yeah
2: exactly or just being like okay you know try no, it. i'm like, trying to do the same it's it's easy to um to get cynical i guess it's easy to yeah. like or just, or
0: just get set in your ways not even yeah. cynical but Tell just
2: in your own box to be like i don't like country music therefore i'm not going to listen to this it's like, no,
0: yeah and no was i was just serious. actually i was literally just listening to something on the radio on the way uh, home and it was talking all about that that mindset of like a growth mindset versus uh just having uh i can't remember what the other term they used was but a fixed mindset i think it was yeah. people who are just like oh well yeah. I'm not really great in crowds. And it's like, well, you keep, you keep telling yourself that it's going to be this self-fulfilling prophecy that like, why don't you allow yourself to say, well, I'm, I'm a person and I can grow and change and that's okay. And like, I think everyone's a little bit guilty of that, but.
2: Oh, for sure. And and sometimes within reason, because you don't know what a person's history is. You don't know what they've been through before in the past. Like, might be a reason why they don't like crowds. Yeah. Um, I'm also learning to sort of expect like, um, respect what other people are telling me more as opposed to like challenging in the back of my head to be like, well, because of this or that or yeah. Like, if a person's telling me something, there's a reason why. Yeah. But I think, I think what you're talking about is like what we were talking about earlier is like, that's how you stay young.
0: Yeah.
2: By being less fixed. It's like by being open to, to trying new things. And I'm like,
0: yeah. And I'm not, I wouldn't try to discount someone's trauma or things they may have been with to bring yeah. them to where they are, but it's always still good to keep trying to grow, Absolutely. you know? I, it's like, I have OCD and anxiety and and that kind of mental illness stuff can be pretty hard, but I also always make like a really hard stance with myself on like, yes, I have these things I deal with, but I'm always going to keep trying to fight the good fight and be the best version of myself and not just go, oh, well I'm OCD. So I'm going to let it consume me every day. And just like use that as this like blanket excuse to not try to keep bettering myself. You know, I think
2: that keeps, I think that keeps you young.
0: Yeah. I hope so. I don't know. I feel all right. (laughs)
2: But it's like, how young do I want to be? It's like, do I, I'm, gonna, I'm not, I can keep myself plugged in, but I'm not going to radically change myself again. Like, I'm not going to go goth. Like, <laughs> not, it's, it's like, you know, when I, I think when I was younger, it's like, oh yeah, I was like hippie for a little while. Yeah. And then like, we're baggy clothes. And it's like, no, I'm
0: probably- That's a teenage get, thing.
2: I'm going to look like this from now on. Like, that's not going to change.
0: Yeah. So, I like, hope that every year and every birthday I have uh, moving forward, that I learned to get like a little more relaxed and instead of getting more like, Oh man, I'm almost 40 or which I'm not, I got five years to 40, but you know what I mean? Like I don't want to keep counting down every year as this negative thing. I want to like every year to let go a little bit more and just be like, Hey man, like, cause you see all these old people who are, they look so content and happy and like, which yeah. boggles my mind at this point in my life, because when I see people that are older and I think about being in my seventies or something, it kind of scares the shit out of me. And I kind of go, oh my God. And you have this feeling like, no, don't take my time. I still have more time. I need more time. But then you see people all the time in their seventies and uh, barring health illnesses and stuff like that. Um, you know, usually they seem pretty content and like they've just got it figured out or they're okay with. Well, yeah, you know, they've come to terms with more mortality in a way that looks really peaceful and I'm kind of envious of
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's a tough thing. It's like I think um I think people are really wired to want to get a conclusion in life, to get like a nice neat package to be like, okay, I know what, what the deal is and I know what happened and yeah. this is good and we're good and I know what my relationships are, and it's like I think to be content, like sometimes you don't get those answers, or sometimes you become estranged with people, or people pass away, or you don't get that job you want, or something. Yeah,
1: that's life. Like you
2: gotta like um it's like give you gotta if you're you know, old people, like older people who look like they have closure in life is because that's they gave themselves that. They found the closure. Like life yeah. didn't give them that piece. It's like you you gotta f- kind of get there yourself a little.
0: Yeah. That's so like true.
2: Thing, it's like I don't know how that works either.
0: I think I I get freaked out about death and stuff because like we're always fed that, like you were saying, the fairy tale ending, everything's like uh, happily ever after when in reality, it couldn't really be further from the truth. Like, yes, you can end your life on a very happy note with a lot of people that love you. And, but like, you're still kind of alone when you die in the sense that it's you dying and no one's coming with you. I mean, unless you die in a fucking plane crash or something then a lot of people, but you know, like
2: I'm an atheist. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm not trying through? to be like I'm not a dickhead atheist to try to like poke holes in in other people's things when they tell me whatever. It's like cool, man. Like you 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 do whatever gives you that peace. But and this is it's probably just me, but it's like I I have a suspicion that even the most like spiritually enlightened people may still have an an ounce of doubt because yeah. it's like you are going to be alone, like yeah could be like oh god is real and like i know and it's like well do you like I, don't, you well, I know you don't know because yeah. i don't know either so like <laughs> i wonder about that a little sometimes
0: right? but you you flat out think that when we're gone we're just that's it
2: i i don't i don't i yeah that's kind of what my gut tells me
0: you sound like my dad you would like to be proven otherwise but it's hard yes, yeah
2: exactly i'm like i hope i'm wrong but
1: i yeah. don't think so
0: i don't know man i've had a few things happen here and there in my life that made me go okay that was a little too weird that's that goes beyond coincidence or that you know and maybe i'm wrong but yeah the older i get the more i've had a few instances where i thought okay maybe there is a little more to this and i want to believe that too you know i I really don't care for organized religion um but i do think spirituality is pretty cool and yeah. um you know when you do psychedelics and stuff when you're uh when i was a little younger doing a little more of that you have some experiences that can be kind of okay make yeah, you question things a little bit
2: lines and you're like there's no way like
0: <laughs> you
2: do mushrooms and then you see something crazy and you're like is anyone else seeing this like yeah happening i know what you're talking about and I, I i'm with you it's like i think anything that provides a person peace and value and and contentment and makes a the world a richer place is, has value in itself, right? It's yeah, like I, I'm not saying um, religion has no purpose or your spirituality can't be beneficial. It absolutely can, and ha- it hasn't really for me. But I can't say that's everyone's experience. But I still, everyone like I, I don't think anyone actually knows. So that's yeah. why I'm just like a little suspicious sometimes. It's like I would really like to talk to you know. It's so, like you talk to the Dalai Lama. Like, is is he a hundred percent sure on that? Is like the Pope? Does the Pope like really, actually believe in Jesus? Like,
1: or does he just? If have... I gave
2: him a truth serum and was like, okay, like, what do you yeah. actually think? Is he going to be like hundred percent Jesus, or he'll be like I'm ninety nine point eight percent?
0: Yeah, but I have a tiny little.
2: Yes, and I think that yeah. tiny little thing has to exist because no one actually knows.
0: Well, the only people you could argue might have some proof or whatever are people who have had like near death experiences. And they say, here's what happened to me. I was dead on the table for 10 minutes. And I vividly remember floating out of my body and seeing the operating room. And you hear shit like that.
2: Like, you know, accounts of people who talk about being reincarnated
0: who
2: get oddly specific and being like, Oh yeah. You know, I had a friend named John and we lived in West Hollywood and like, sure enough, there's like, yeah. That kind of lines itself up.
0: I saw like a a Netflix show that was every episode was something kind of paranormal like that. And one was about past lives. And it was this kid, I think he was like 13 now, but they were talking about when he was four or five or something, he kept talking about like being from Hollywood and like they, at first they kind of laughed it off, whatever the parents, but then it became more and more specific. And I, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but by the end of the episode, they're going to meet, The daughter of the of this actor that he claimed to be, and like they had written down a list of like two hundred things that he claimed, like oh I drove a green car, oh I bought.
2: I I didn't watch the show, but I've heard of that. I know what case you're talking about.
0: It was pretty friggin' nuts. If it's if what they're saying is real, like it's kind of mind blowing, you know.
2: Yeah, it's like you know you start reading about the Bermuda Triangle and like
0: that could be a like a magnetic pole Earth phenomenon thing.
2: I'm okay with. I'm okay with the like sort of fun one.
0: Yeah. That. i
2: like, like okay yeah you know we'll talk about bigfoot like i could talk i like bigfoot i'm down with that I'm, I'm, i don't think that one's detrimental i think the modern covid uh internet question everything is like yeah. probably a little detrimental but it's like i don't know why it was like maybe it was because i was naive when i was younger it's like conspiracy theories sort of changed
0: yes you, it used like, to be oh, like you I believe in chupacabra theory. or something
2: yeah, it's like and now it's like more fun, and then it's like you talk about going on the moon, and then now it's like
0: Illuminati, and
2: yeah, whether or not Donald Trump is still secretly president, and like Hillary and
0: Lizard people
2: oh, this week or something. You're like, what?
0: Yeah, no, they used to be more fun. That's totally 9
2: 11 changed that. I think 9 11 is yeah. like when people like that sort of mindset sort of went off. It's like, I have a friend who's conspiracy minded, and I try to be as respectful as I can while you know having sometimes challenging conversations and like, I'm probably not necessarily the best at it, but that's what he was saying. He was saying like, once you start going down the 9-11 path, then it starts opening up like multiple questions, right?
0: Well, I would say JFK was sort of in the same boat for a different generation before us. There was a bunch of people, you know, who that was maybe their, the one that pushed them over the edge because that stuff is so uh, connected. Like if you're talking about Bigfoot or something, it doesn't really fake you the same way as like oh did someone kill the president from the ins- was it an yeah, inside job or like you know that that undermines your feeling of security yeah. as a citizen yeah. you know
2: if i open the newspaper tomorrow and it's like hillary clinton's confirmed reptile like jim watson and auto is a reptile like here's the <laughs> footage and like back up on, the, on social media i'd be like holy shit i gotta sit down Whereas, like, if I open the newspaper tomorrow and they're like, yeah, you know, Bigfoot found in Montana, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, (laughs)
0: I'm
2: not going to, like, text my mom and be like, oh, she's like, what's going on?
0: I would Um, probably text everybody. I
2: wonder wonder if, like, if aliens got confirmed, humans would have that, like, moment of coming together. I personally, it's like, I personally think it would be, like, a headline and then, like, people wouldn't give a shit. I don't know. I'm just like, I think it would be, like, uh, yeah, aliens discovered, like bacteria discovered on on the moon or a cephalopod, whatever, on the moon, yeah. or on Europa. And then like um, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian got back together. Yeah. Like the next article down.
0: Well, yeah, but what you're describing, finding like, uh, you know, some sort of non-intelligent life wouldn't be the same as if they said like, hey, we've known about these intelligent aliens for the last 20 years and they, they and us want to let the world know now. And you know, we're going to have to start integrating them into our society. Like that would be a whole other thing. And that could cause, um, either it would bring us together like Star Trek style where it's like, Oh, we're one people of earth now, or it would, and probably more likely, it would be like, people would start rioting and looting. Cause they'd be like, Oh, the world's going to end. And everyone would freak out.
2: <laughs> I hope it's the like, I, I hope that one's true. That's one I could get down with. It'd be like aliens, I think, would be pretty cool to have. Um, if they were cool. Pretty good. Bermuda Triangle, that'd be cool way. Loch Ness Monster would be awesome.
0: Uh, I've and, given up on Nessie. I've given up on.
2: It seems pretty unrealistic. With one lake, Like I don't know how that would work. But.
0: Yeah, and with all the technology they have these days, like, we can't figure it out, really. I mean, it's a lot of water. I get it, but.
2: You think aliens are real? Like all those like UFO reports coming out of the Pentagon
0: and whatever. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know why not to believe that if they don't even know what it is that. And just some of the maneuvers that those UFOs, or they're not even calling them UFOs anymore. They're called something else now.
2: Maybe they're they're warming you up. Maybe they're just like peppering these things in the news so that
1: it's like
0: easier. To you on. hear that too. I've heard several years in a row people being like, "Oh, June twenty fifth or whatever date yeah, or two, geez, that's hey, they're going to hey. announce." Aliens are real and then it comes and goes, just like the meteor that's supposed to destroy us and all these other things you hear, yeah. you know.
2: It's always the end of the world. Yeah. And I, I've had to I've talked to a lot of people about that in COVID. And they're like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like history keeps going. Yeah. We're living it right now. It's like we think not we, but I think it's easy to be like look at history and be like, Oh yeah, like World War Two was in the past and the Great Depression was something that happened like change was something that happened then, but we're, we're past that now. Cause we're yeah. like, no, you're still like, shit's going to still happen. It's always going to be crazy. Yeah, It's just like whether or not it's going to be personally crazy for you. And I think it sounds like global warming is going to make it personally crazy for everybody.
1: Well, and that makes, that's yeah. the one that
2: kind of like scares me the most is like, I don't, I don't know if no, some people would call it a conspiracy theory. I don't think so. It seems like there people are pretty sure that something's going on.
0: Yeah. Well, it seems extra Top like, like, I'm pretty sure all the, like the
2: stuff, you know, you can't really all and the, I
0: think all, that's the gonna be like... all the temperatures have been uh, pretty consistently hotter. Isn't that, isn't it constantly like record-breaking heat?
2: That's what it sounds like. I yeah. haven't really looked into it that much.
0: Yeah. Um, so I guess we we are not really authorities on the subject. By no, the day, but...
2: Look it up on YouTube. Do your own research, Oliver. <laughs> tell me Climate change is real. It's yeah. Like <laughs> I don't think that's going to work, but it sounds like, and not to be a bummer. I'm not trying to like draw our conversation to the apocalypse, but
0: no, whatever, man. I, this, I love talking about random shit. Yeah, same. Um, I, I also, do want to kind of bring it back to you though, because I was kind of interested in something that I read that you work at a uh, collaborative design studio.
2: I did. I don't I know did. if updated my Facebook or whatever. I, I did a contract working for, um, this was super cool. This was yeah, it like, sounded really cool. This was like one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me, actually. I, I couldn't believe my luck. So I did a mural, and then um, the gentleman who was involved in the mural project on the board of directors uh, was working with a makerspace at invests Ottawa. So 3D printing and virtual reality and CNC machines and prototyping, so they can make pretty much anything, like a limited batch of anything you want. Anything cool. you can think of. These guys are smart enough industrial designers, whatever. And... Um, Someone asked for my email, I was like, cool, fired off. And then I got invited in for an, like, I didn't know, I didn't even know why they wanted to talk to me. I went in and they were like, we want you to run an artist in residence program for us. So hire creative people to come in and try to, you know, innovate the art form that they're doing. So I got to spend like, it was like just over a year or so putting together this really cool program, working with, um, you know, creators in that field already and then also with people whose skill set run parallel but don't necessarily think about it so like Hmm. a woman who does like glass blowing to be like okay like glass blowing old school art form with the kiln and you blow into the pipe it's like well what can that be done with a 3d printer or a, a, a welding machine or like all these things that was it was really challenging but it was like it got me it got it opened up a lot of um doors for, for my career, one, and then two, also, like, really expanded my thinking. Like, like crazy, to be like, oh, my God. So, I, I you know, street art maybe is the, the def- defining art form of 1970 through 2020. It's, like, virtual reality and NFT art forms and all this, like, digital currency stuff and not, not just, like, crypto, but, like, digital art forms is going to be moving forward. Yeah. You like, do with VR with the, the giving it to a person who's got that talent that they can make it same? Like, yeah, so, I
0: watched you posting people who were doing like virtual painting and stuff.
2: Yeah. And that was like, that's like pretty, that's like the, the shallow end of that kind of art form where okay. it's, like, you know,
0: yeah, the um, NFTs, everyone's talking about NFTs. I'm, I sort of get it, but I don't know that I fully understand.
2: Essentially like, you know how like a, a cryptocurrency, it's like, like a Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. It's, it's, a, it's a portion of like the algorithm generates the little thing and it's, you can't duplicate it, right? Yeah. That's essentially what an NFT is. Is You run it through a system, software and algorithms and it produces a limited version of a file. Hmm. So you can do like, you know, NFTs of virtual reality pieces. So no one else in the world has access to that. It's as unique as anything else on the planet, even though it's just a purely virtual thing. But there's like pushback because the amount of energy it needs are bad for the environment. It's like, it's not really an actual object.
0: Yeah. It's you a very a interesting concept.
2: It is. It's like, there was a guy a couple a month ago or two who sold a statue of nothing. Like, like sold it like for thousands, like thousands and thousands of dollars. It was like nothing. It's just like a plaque that says like the artist's name. and It's just empty air. Weird. I know, I know it's weird, but like, this is a little bit more tangible. So like, we did. Uh, I think we got like nine artists through the program. There was some really cool stuff. We worked with like a woman who does um, who builds and designs her own open source robots. So she three D prints them and they pick up garbage. Oh, crazy! Um, and she was this one was really cool. So she was using she she's ro- she builds robots. She's not she doesn't consider herself an artist per se. Her primary function she's a, she's a roboticist.
0: Roboticist, roboticist, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, and she's, she's into that. But what she was doing was um, the, the robots can take uh, like soil samples or water samples. And then she would like attach lights to them so that the color would change based on uh, whatever the sample was saying and do like an exposure shot. So you could visualize the data and be like, okay, whatever, pollutants are over here because it's red in that corner. But it's presented in a beautiful way. It's like a beautiful photograph of like a long exposure of streaks of all these things, but it actually has like scientific or beneficial information behind it, which Hmm. is like a million things you can do with that. And it goes to show you, it's like, I learned that like the tool, like quality of the tool is like what's dependent on the person using it. If that makes any sense. Right. It's like a hammer. It's like the carpentry thing. Right. It's like, you could give me the best tools in the world, And I'll be able to produce something say a person who's got that talent or that vision can take that technology and then turn it into something completely different. Yeah. And it's like the more access you give to people to learn that information or to try new things is like, then you don't know where that's going to go. And then you get some really cool ideas and like,
1: yeah, definitely.
2: Remixes. And I could, I love this kind of stuff, man. It's so cool because it's like, it, it opens up questions of like intellectual property. Like, what's going to happen when you can like download a pair of sneakers, remix a, a building design, and you you we see it online now, right? It's like when you see like hacks, hacks on ROMs. It's like GTA with you know the Incredible Hulk running into
1: it. Yeah, yeah. It's
2: like what's going to happen? It's like, what does intellectual copyright law mean when it's like physical products, right? It's like all sorts of things. Like what is, what does 3d printing means for storefronts? Like couple that with the pandemic, like you're going to, I don't know because I'm not the artist. I'm not that person. I'm not oriented that way. I don't think like that, but there's people doing cool shit. Yeah.
0: It Maybe. sounds really innovative. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that, that job. That sounds like a really cool job. You got to be a part of though.
2: I didn't. It's, it's funny. It's like, you asked me to be on the podcast, like it's safe. does I was like, what, why? Like, I, I don't, I, that imposter syndrome feels real. Mm. Like, there's a million other people to talk to are more interesting or whatever.
0: I, yeah. I don't so know. Like,
2: here's the budget. We want you to run this. I was like, what? Like, I, I'll sure I'll do it, but I could give you a list of names who would be way better suited.
0: Yeah. Um, don't, don't undersell yourself, man. <laughs> well,
2: I, I don't know. I, do you, do you ever feel that? Like you're starting to pick up a little steam with your comedy and stuff. It's like, they asked you to say headline a major show, would you not be like,
0: (sighs) I I would not be ready for that. I guarantee you. Um, I I love doing comedy. I'm doing comedy on Wednesday, but um, I've never like, I don't have like a solid 45 minutes or something like that to really like headline for a weekend. I I could do like a a good 20 minute opening spot. I think I've got enough funny songs and little bits now that, uh, but yes, definitely. I I feel that way. A lot of the time I get what you're saying, but um, from my perspective, I can tell you that, you know, when I was looking over stuff to talk to you about, there was a lot of cool stuff. Uh stuff we've already talked about, but you seem like more involved with tons of different shit than a lot of people I know like you're you're very well rounded so
2: i' got i I think that was because of um a lot of people settled down when they were like uh you know you get thirty you start to have kids and whatever and that's and I love that i I live with a kid now and I'm doing that myself, but there was a period of like eight years where I feel like a lot of other people were doing that, and I was just like For everything that's worked there's like a million shows or events that I did where there's like five people in a room Oh yeah, and it was just like a matter of being stubborn and just like continuously doing that and being broke before, you know, you, you start to work on stuff that actually has eyes on a project or like bigger deliverables or a larger scope. It's like, you got to start, well, it's, it's the same as like building up your podcast. Yeah. It's like you gotta, you know, to get to a thousand followers, you have to have twenty followers for a while.
0: Yeah, and you gotta grind away for sure. Yeah.
2: And it takes time and it takes a lot of time. And it's like I got I got lucky with a career doing stuff that I was I was trying to pick shit that I always think is cool. It's like if I wasn't involved in this and I saw I was like, what I think this is cool, and like that's kind of my what I try to at least think about. Yeah. And it's just like opportunity, luck, planning, hard work, and like stubbornness not to quit.
0: Well, that's what we were talking about earlier. Just always trying to keep growing and keep learning because yeah. like, even with the podcast now, you know, I do feel way more confident than, than when I started obviously, but there's been many hiccups along the way we've had, you know, more, more when we were starting out, but there were a few episodes where we had audio technical issues where even the end product episode I put up on YouTube had issues or or parts I had to cut out or whatever, you know, we tried our best, but even uh, when I think I've got it figured out, you know, case in point yesterday we kind of had to throw what we had recorded out out after 20 minutes and uh, reschedule for a week later so you know you're still learning always learning
2: but the the more stuff sorry it's like you you the more you do the more doors will open for you like the more you work more work you get like yeah it's like doing exercises like the more push-ups you do the more push-ups you can do yeah oh and it's like you you scale your thing up and it's like you gotta go through that process
1: Definitely. Well, yeah, in fa- I, got,
2: I got super lucky doing what I do. And um, I uh, I like doing things that change the city landscape. I think that's why I like working on murals the most. It's
0: hmm.
1: like
2: my favorite thing. Because like I love walking down the street and seeing people take photos of it or like seeing it pop up on Instagram. Or
0: like a little kids. You yeah, know, mesmerized exactly by it. Like, yeah. I like
2: standing across the street and just like looking at the thing. That's like my favorite part about like being in, in project coordinator or management or whatever, especially in like arts or experiential stuff is like watching other people enjoy the work you did it's like if i'm doing a show and i got a break and i'm doing a big concert or whatever or a festival or something i'm not going to go to the front of the dance floor i'm going to go grab a, a beer and hang out by the merch table and like watch the room the and whole, watch yeah. people and watch that guy try to flirt with that girl and watch the <laughs> you know the, everything run around and like the whole the whole of the, the item whole
1: mosaic maybe. yeah
2: yeah and be like okay like i i helped i in you know one cog in this super complicated machine, but I helped work on that. Yeah. And I think of like my, um, my boss at uh, the BI, she, she worked on that machine a few years ago. Yeah,
0: that, that crazy. Oh yeah. I remember
2: exactly. And I was like, I imagine that feeling must've been amazing to like, watch this, like be like, okay, I got all the permits and like, we closed the street and found the money and like, did the training and like all this stuff's happening. And you're just like watching it in the back. It's and like, was like a, yeah, same thing. It's like, it's, I always wonder what, what it would feel like to be, like, Metallica on stage with, like, 400,000 people, right? You're like, everyone's here to watch you.
0: Yeah, but even that, you're still actively, like, playing the music. Yeah. So you're still in the moment. I think uh, it would be even crazier if you're, like, one of the Avengers and you go to watch the screening of, like, Endgame and, like, all the work is done. You just get to sit there yeah. and then see all the extra shit they added in post-production and just watch the, you know.
2: be crazy, guy.
0: Yeah. That must be, I think that would be the funnest.
2: Yeah. Small little community stuff. It's, it's not that crazy.
0: It's even uh, like I've talked about with comedy before. One of my favorite things is like most of the time people don't really like going up early in the night, especially if you're in a competition because you know, generally you might get forgotten if there's seven other people going up after you and you were the first one, they call it the bullet spot. Yeah. But um, as long as I have a good set, I actually kind of like going first because there's nothing more fun and satisfying to me than, Letting all that anxiety go after I walk off stage and then just sitting back and watching the rest yeah. of the comedy show. You know, it's the best feeling ever.
2: And you get to like I imagine you get to set the tone.
0: Yeah, um, hopefully a good tone, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the first line of you're the guy at D-Day when the the boat opens up. You're like, Let's go, like charge that way, go over the hill.
0: Yeah, but you know what? I guess there is some truth that I'm sure you can... uh, There's usually a host that'll come out first, so they're really supposed to be setting the tone. Right. But um, Yeah, and the other thing is you can set someone else else up to do really well by doing badly, potentially, because if you really do a bad set, by comparison, the next person might just seem a lot funnier than they would have otherwise, you know? Um, But it really depends on the crowds, yeah.
2: You're only as good as the last thing that happened. Yeah. That's like... That's a, I, I worked in TV for a while. And like, I used to have a director that would tell me that. And it was a really interesting idea. It was like, you could do, so I worked in broadcasting on Parliament Hill. My job was to turn on the microphones in the House of Commons.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. Like a
2: super weird job to have, like <laughs> watching hours and hours and hours of political debates. Like how do Canadians govern themselves? And I did that for a while. Wow. And like my boss there always used to say is like, you can do 99% well, but in, when you make that last mistake, that's the only thing then everyone's going to notice. It's like, so true. Yeah. Like you do everything perfect, but you bomb in the last minute of your set, then you like the first thing they're going to talk about when they walk outside is like, yeah, that guy wasn't.
0: Yeah. What happened at the end there? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're only as good as the last thing you do.
0: Yeah. It's well. It's the truth in uh, you know music and stuff like that too. Is yeah. People are only usually talking about your last latest album or, or or like what you said. If you could have a bunch of great songs and then if you put out like a total dumpster fire of an album, it yeah. might be a a career stopper. You know.
2: Yeah. It, yeah. It's 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 funny like that. It's if like you
0: alienate it, your fan base. You
2: know? if it has the stupidest ending, it's like well, no one else <laughs> pays attention, right?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's my thing. I don't
0: know. I'm. Uh, I want to ask you um something com- completely unrelated to all this stuff right. um, but something i remembered about you when i was planning for this there was a time i think when we were going to record our old podcast and you and chris i think you guys slept over here and it, like right before we're gonna go to bed you're like oh oh, by the way sometimes i sleepwalk and do weird shit in the middle of the night and i was just like wondering oh man what's gonna happen with that but um so i wanted to ask if you have any like crazy sleepwalking stories
2: oh yeah man it, it, <laughs> it's gotten better a lot better lately
0: okay
1: uh,
2: um back in the day it was like some of it was like walls to the walls, crazy i woke up once i used to live on the third floor of a building and i like woke up half outside the window oh shit like leg outside i uh i remember that one because i dreamt I, I read batman r.i.p just kind of like wicker man like guy goes into a town and everyone knows everything about him and they want to destroy this guy and i had this like nightmare that i was stuck in a room like people who knew everything about me. Like no no concept of like no secrecy or anything. And I was like, I gotta get out of here. I don't want that. And then I tried climbing out the window. Jeez. I took a shower once. That one was super weird. I uh this is like embarrassing. I don't care, whatever. It's, it's a cancer. <laughs> uh but I I, I I took a shower in the middle of the night. Got up, thought I was going to work, put on clothes, got in the shower after I put on clothes and then took off my clothes and went to bed. And then, like, I woke up in the morning, and like, my side of the bed was put, put wet, and I was like, "Oh my god, like, did I like piss the bed? Like, <laughs> is, is, is what's going on?" And then I couldn't figure it out. I was like, "If I piss the bed, like, why is my shoulder wet? Like,
0: <laughs> How'd I piss up there?
2: Why here? Like, <laughs> it's So confusing. Waking up and just being like, like, what? It's like no. And then I found like my like my clothing next to the bed, like soaking, soaking. It. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god." Man. Oh and, like, my. it's 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 funny. My brother sleepwalks, too. I don't know what the actual medical condition. It doesn't seem to be a lot of, like, one of those, like, quasi-medical things. It's, like, people don't really...
0: I think no, it's serious for a lot of people, yeah.
2: Maybe. But what I mean is, like, it, I don't know. I've never gone to a sleep clinic or anything. Like, I don't know if there's, like, you know, researchers working on... And we found the cure for sleepwalking like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> or I some
0: therapy know. or something. Yeah.
2: I don't, I don't know if that exists, but it's like, it's gotten a lot better. It's why do you think,
0: why do you think it got better?
2: I think for a long time, I wasn't being completely honest in the trajectory of my life. And I think I was, I was just kind of going on autopilot and like, mm. that was before I started working in, in the arts and community development stuff. I've been working on the Hill for like, 10 years I was in a relationship for about 10 years and I I remember thinking to myself like is this the rest of my life and being like no it's not and then be like okay if not this then what and then if not what if not now then when yeah when you ask yourself that and you're like completely honest like truly honest with yourself being like look like, what am I actually doing and making those changes and trying to get myself to a spot where I'm doing the stuff I want to do and my life is where I want it to be. That's when it stopped being as crazy.
1: Interesting. That's when I
2: like started sleeping better. And like, I don't know. It also coincides with like getting my health in order and eating better food, Yeah. And, like, reducing small things that cause anxiety to be like, okay, like I'm no longer broke. I've got my credit card paid off or, or like any number of small little things that add You're up and kind of
0: eating at you. Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? That like, you don't think about what causes that anxiety and that like stress to be like, oh my God, like I'm screwing up my life. You're like, no, okay. Yeah. Like everyone, you know, you always hear like self-care, self-care and it's like self-care isn't always like lighting a candle and taking a bath. Yeah. It's like self-care can be like answering difficult questions about yourself or doing that work or-
0: Doing the thing you've or. been putting off forever. That Yeah. And, like, yeah.
2: With or whatever you have to do. Yeah. That's also self-care.
0: It's very similar to, um, In my, I guess, mid 20s, I uh, was like losing my hair from alopecia and it was all, you know, you go to the doctor for that and they're like, yeah, here's what we know about alopecia. It's something related to your immune system, but that's pretty much all we know. Uh, And it was like, there's no cure. It's just you kind of got to figure out why your body is attacking itself. And uh, again, it was like you were saying, lifestyle change. I started exercising. I started fasting. I started eating healthier. I went vegetarian. I don't know, somewhere around there mainly vegetarian um so just all that stuff and finally you know my hair came back now i have this curly little thing going on
2: (laughs) you didn't used to look like this you look great
0: thank Uh, you thank you you.
2: You great then but i'm saying you look
0: well i was also like 30 pounds heavier back then too i used to be like two 208 i think is the heaviest i ever got and i'm like always about 175 ish these days so um it shows yeah it takes a long time to make those changes though yeah. Yeah,
2: it's and it's like it, you got to be like fiercely honest with yourself. Yeah. You got to like
0: you gotta, And you have to be dedicated and have willpower to actually like
2: Oh yeah. And you also have to realize too you're going to fundamentally I'm the same person.
0: Yeah. It's
1: like
2: you're not going to be you're not going to wake up one day and be like, "Oh, I'm a different like all these things that I these bad habits I had before are now gone and I've I figured out the secret to life." It's like, "No, you just sort of like cross things off the list and learn well, to and trying okay. to extricate
0: yourself from like negative environments and negative situations that might be weighing you down and you didn't really realize, or you did realize, but you didn't know how to sever those ties or whatever. Like, um, sometimes unhealthy friendships or relationships Absolutely. of any kind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. What, uh, what can build up if you're not really being true to yourself, you know?
2: Exactly. And it's like, it's, it's tough and it's, you know, you, I, I that, that's it's part parts of what we were talking about earlier. It's like, as i've gotten older it's like respecting what other people are going through and when they tell me that stuff
1: yes yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: It's like it's so easy to be judgmental and be like oh well that person doesn't have a job or they never got married you're like yeah. doing as opposed to being like no like whatever this person's telling you they're telling you that for a reason and there's something and everyone's just kind of going through their own thing
0: yeah i'm trying to get like that too with you know everything you read about meditation is about observing the world with without judgment and just accepting like some I read. Where did I hear this? I'd like to know where I heard this so that I'm not just stealing it. But someone saying that when they they started to look at people as trees and like because when you walk around and you see trees, they're they grow in all different ways. Some of them have more leaves than others. Some of them are are perfectly symmetrical. Other ones are fucking weird looking, you know. But but you don't stop and go oh that's a weird tree or i mean not usually you just kind of accept them for what they are oh those are trees and they're all unique and interesting and and they all look great in their own way and when you start to try to apply that to people that you're meeting they might have their imperfections or things that look a little irregular to you but that doesn't make them any less of a person you know
2: yeah man our our conversation has kind of been bouncing around that same idea and i think it's yeah. when you look at like when i talk about the idea of a reputation of a neighborhood to be like don't go into a spot with just the reputation in mind. Like, explore the space and look at the people that make yeah. that neighborhood. Look at the thing. Like, keep your mind open if you want to try the onion. Like, yeah. all of that stuff just means like be active in who you are, but passive in your like reception of stuff a little yeah. bit sometimes. Like, check your own biases a little. Yeah. I don't know what the, I don't know. I, It's hard to sort of sometimes um, put life philosophy into words a little.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Like, emotion gets in the way a lot of
2: that's kind of what's helped the sleepwalking. There's still the occasional little flare up or whatever. And it's, it's usually um, centered around if I got a big deadline or a project or, or something that's going but on, but you're
0: not showering in your clothes at least No,
2: not, <laughs> not nearly as bad. The other worst one ever I got to, I, I went to visit a friend of mine in Okotoks, Alberta, And she was living at home, and and we were just friends. And she's like, "Okay, like stay over. You can. I I live at my mom's house. We have a guest bedroom." I got in super late. I got in at like one in the morning or something. Picks me up. We go to her house. Mom's asleep, obviously. I go to bed. I wake up the next morning, and I had cut my leg somehow in the middle of the night by scratching it. Oh. bled all over the bed. So I had to get up first thing in the morning. Like this one's like, hi, Tom, like, nice to meet you. And I was like, I'm not a crazy person, but, uh, (laughs) we're going to need to do laundry and your bed's got blood all over it. Like, hi, got in late. And that was like, oh man, that was a bad one. That was a very strange one. I still have a little scar from it. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, I remember it was the day I saw. I remember she lived in Okotoks and I stopped in. The reason I got in so late is I stopped in and saw the dark night when it came out. I saw it was, opening like day.
0: 2008 or something. Yeah. Or yeah, 2000 somewhere day. around I think
2: there. I saw the, the, the Heath Ledger Joker movie there. Yeah. Yeah. And then went and like got to Okotoks super late at night after seeing the movie.
0: That must've been freaky sometimes when you're going to sleep and like, I would be worried, Oh, what's going to happen? Like just not having that control. You I know, I was
2: always more worried about uh, like people I was near when
0: I was mm.
1: like,
2: in bed with someone. Like I, I, smushed partners before by like stepping on them. Like I'm a big guy, like yeah, like I'm and like that. I there was like one instance where I grabbed a partner and pulled her right out of bed. I'm like to move 140 pounds dead weight like seven feet. Like you got to yank them.
0: Yeah, I'm like I did that and I felt pretty pretty shitty about that. Well, when you told me about the sleepwalking, it, like I said, it was like five seconds before we were all going to pass out for the night. Yeah. You're like, oh, by the way, sometimes I do some crazy shit. And I was like worried you're just going to come in my room in the middle of the night. Like, come on, we got to get on the ship or something. You know, like just totally out of your mind. I uh, you
2: did one- <laughs> them, Like woke up their roommates saying there was a Wolverine <laughs> like, on the main floor or something. This is what I
0: was worried about.
1: <laughs>
0: what? Oh, well, it's yeah. crazy. You said, um, And this is actually super sad, but um, it's crazy. You said you almost like you were out going out your window on the third floor because my uh, my younger brother, one of his best friends, not long after high school, he was like a intense sleepwalker, too. And he actually died. He jumped off his balcony eight stories um, downtown somewhere. I'm not going to say his name out of respect for his family and stuff. But um, but it was one of the most tragic things I've ever, you know, I I, I couldn't even believe that shit.
2: Yeah, I've I've been lucky. Nothing ever. It was always like surface level cuts and bruises whatever.
0: I think when you came and slept over and you told me that, it was like somewhat not that long after that shit had happened. So I was like a little bit like just in shell shock of like, oh man, my brother's friend just died from this. Like, you know.
2: That would be, I imagine a very rare instance where a person had to deal with two deaths due to sleepwalking because it seems like it's a fairly rare
0: yeah you don't hear about that a lot yeah
2: no it's not like you know there's no statistics about it that's yeah. what i mean there's no one developing a cure but it can be like from my understanding like pretty serious for some people yeah uh i've heard that it can be used as a um as a defense and like i was used successfully a defense of a murder case somewhere uh, oh like yeah someone killed their partner while they were asleep and has had enough
0: it's like uh, pleading insanity kind of thing. Yeah, right? and
2: they're like, okay, like is this documented like dude, you know, has it has it been mentioned before to other people or something?
0: I heard like sleep cooking was one of the most common things that people get up and cook a meal.
2: Yeah, I've also heard of like people peeing in weird spots too. Yeah, of, actually,
0: like, wow, I don't know. I I may have told this on this show, but if not, it's about time. Um it, I just kind of remembered I had my own sleepwalking thing, but I was like eight or some shit like that, or maybe ten and uh we had a babysitter adrian who was he was like starting high school he was probably 13 14 and it was like his first paying job his parents and my parents were friends and uh i had gone to bed a couple hours earlier and i guess i got up in the middle of the night to go pee like i often would but i was so 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 in like just a trance that I, i apparently i came all the way down to the basement first where he was and just kind of like stared at him like totally clearly not there and then i just turned around and walked back upstairs and he was like hello oliver oliver And i wasn't responding and then he came up to find me pissing in the fridge and Go apparently <laughs> i thought that you know i was lifting the the toilet seat lid but i was pulling out the vegetable crisper and uh like the poor guy he's just a 13 14 year old babysitter and now he's gotta tell yeah. my parents like <laughs> explain to them why i pissed in the fridge <laughs> oh yeah, man up apparently when they came home from their movie or whatever too he was like he was trying to wash all the vegetables oh, like as if, they, as if they were, as if they were going to eat them still. <laughs> But uh man. Yeah. I forgot all about that.
2: That's hilarious, man. I've heard other variants of that sort of like people who've been really drunk and like get mixed up and pee in the closet and stuff.
0: Yeah. But Basically the, fridge, the same it's thing. Yeah. A
2: really, really horrible place to pee.
0: Yeah. The fridge is bad. <laughs>
2: yeah. I Remember when I was a kid, once I like missed and we had a like, baseboard electric heating and I peed on the radiator. <laughs> When i was like my parents probably stank right yeah it was awful i was like you know like six or something at the time yeah. I remember that being uh, like particularly you know not not a great morning like
0: the warm pee smell yeah. radiating yeah, yeah. oh you're man like,
2: oops kids
1: Shit, are really um, like
2: that though you gotta like it's it's funny because it's like you know when you're a kid you're uh it seems like it matters way more it's like, oh, I actually peed on the radiator. Like, they're going to be so mad at me. And like, I'm in trouble. And it's like, now that I'm an adult that lives with a kid, it's like, I could get frustrated with that kid, but it's not, nothing is his fault. Yeah. For the most part, it's like, he's, they don't know. Even if they do know, they don't know that they know. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, definitely. You got to <laughs> check yourself a little.
0: Um, man, I didn't just check the time. I didn't even realize We've been talking for a while. I got to work overnight tonight at the hospital. Um, but I want to ask you the same question I've been asking everyone this season at the end, which is uh, if so you could friend. have. Sorry. Vote for it. Oh, yeah. If you if you could have dinner with any person uh, living or dead that you've never met before, who would it be oh, and why?
2: That's always like, it's like the desert island question. You know?
0: Well, someone you've never met specifically, though. Someone
2: I've never met.
0: Yeah, but it can be anyone from history or someone who's alive to this day.
2: Uh, I think it'd be interesting to talk to, like, I would say someone who was, like, like one of the old-school conquerors, like Alexander or or something like that. But I don't know if I'd have any point of reference for the conversation.
0: Could he even speak... uh, Did he speak English or did he speak Roman or something? He wasn't
2: speaking English, like... Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to be able to understand him complaining about, you know, having to manage a legion of 40,000 men while marching on Rome or something. Yeah, There's a lot
0: of uh, like, relatability there. I yeah. think
2: um, maybe like Neil Armstrong, honestly. It's like people yeah. who've gone to the moon, people who've gone to space, someone like that.
0: That's pretty gnarly.
2: I, I think someone like maybe maybe one of the guys who've been to the moon, like maybe Neil Armstrong, just because that's like – you're the first and you're the only guy like there's no one else in history like what's that all about like what's yeah. it look at the planet like i think that'd be
0: that's a super cool answer
2: i think so because it's like i'm just trying to think of like unique experiences that like i could talk to a musician or an artist but there's a there's a lot of musicians and artists
0: well i think it's interesting that you picked someone who's still alive too because a lot of people tend to just go instantly for someone that they just it's impossible for them to ever have dinner with
2: i think that's you cool the first guy on the moon right
0: uh, yeah. I mean, he's the only guy who can say that, you know, yeah. he took that first step. That's huge. Unless you believe, you know, all the, the moon landing was faked and all that exactly. shit.
2: Exactly. And now we're
0: tying it back into the conspiracy stuff. Yeah, Here we I'll go. Tell
2: you about that. Uh, I'm going to do research after this and I'll let <laughs> you if it real. I'll get
0: back. To you. Yeah. Right on, man. Um, okay. well, yeah, we'll do it again sometime. Sorry. I have to uh, bail at this point, no, but no, yeah, no, no. I got to try and take a power nap before work, man. Okay. Right on. Thanks for sharing your time right. with me, man. Later. Hey,